Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast. Another week, another good episode coming up here for you. Nathan Stacking here alongside my good friend and co-host, Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? Terrific. Good. Like some, maybe some snow uh, toward the old homeland of yours, Marshall. But uh, I think everything else is just a little chilly, but uh, should be fine. I saw on... Uh, Fox 9 News out of the Twin Cities, they, you know, the the weather was going on at the gym, and they said November, B-R-R-R-R-R. Oh, how clever are they? Uh, yeah, it's going to be cold here coming up here, a lot uh, a lot colder than what we normally see in November. Yeah, like we should be like around 47 degrees, and like a couple weeks ago, we were, should have been uh, closer to 60, but we've been stuck in the, the like 30, 40 degrees. It got up to 32 today. Woo. Supposed to be degrees tomorrow. Supposed to be 30 degrees on Thursday. So um, it, it's been it hasn't been terrible. Uh, uh, you put on your winter coat, it hasn't been uh, awful out. It, it's been colder than it should be. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. A, a lot of things to get to here this week. Uh, we will spend a good chunk of time on college basketball season, which is tipped off. Uh, very good Champions Classic going on in uh, Madison Square Garden as we're recording this podcast here. Uh, but first, uh, let's look back to last week. Congratulations. Washington Nationals won the World Series. The road team in the World Series won all seven games. Uh, absolutely stunning to me that the Nationals... I, I I, I don't understand the decision in Game 7 to leave Zach Greinke, to pull Zach Greinke after that home run in that walk. I would think you would want to try and see if he can get out of the jam a little bit. Uh, they wanted to put in Garrett Cole, but for you know at the beginning of an inning so he could pitch a full inning, and that ended up being costly because they, they go to Harris out of the bullpen. The By they, I mean the Astros. And uh, Howie Kendrick sets a two-run home run. 3-2 Nationals, and they wouldn't look back. They win 6-2, and they win their first World Series in franchise history. It's the first World Series for D.C. since the 1924 Senators. Uh, I believe we weren't at that game, but we remember it fondly. Um, I, I I don't get it, Krenza. This seemed like an easy slam dunk for the Astros, and they really just, uh, you know, pissed it down their legs. Yeah, I mean, Greinke pitched unbelievable. Yeah. He was blowing them down. And then I see Garrett Cole get up, and it's like the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, bring him in when you're ready. But what Greinke is like at 60-some pitches at this point, and Washington's showing no sign of even threatening. It's only like a one nothing, 2 nothing game. Yeah. And they get Garrett Cole up. Like, oh, I maybe need the while to warm up. But Grinky was moving along, and he only had 80 pitches. And if you're going to take him out, you, you, you bring in Garrett Cole. There's like no decision there. There's like no decision to make. Right. You, know, you have Grinky, and you hope he pitches well, and he pitched uh, outstanding. And then you bring in the best pitcher in baseball this year, Garrett Cole. And not only do you not do that, at no point in that game did they bring him in, even though he got up in the bullpen twice. They give up the home run and they're down, and it's like what four to two in the eighth inning or something, and bases yep. are loaded. And they're in a hairy sit. Bring them in then. Four to, if it's four to two, eighth, ninth inning, 
he got a chance, but then what? Uh, they got another hit, and it was what six to two the final. Yep. And the game's done. Yep. Like what? What are you doing? What are you waiting for? So this was I. I mean, this was a what I consider to be a historic, historic kind of shitting of all time. It's like what? <laughs> this is Game Seven of the World Series, and you need eight outs. You're up two to one. You need eight outs, and you've got the best pitcher all year long, ready to go. What? And for for all of these excuses about we wanted to save him for a save, are we still talking about this again? Mm-hmm. Saving guys for saves and clean innings. I'm like, what? The yep. name of the game is to get outs. Yep. With guys on base or not in the middle of the inning or not, and Houston supposedly the smartest organization that's ever lived. They didn't do this. Their manager screws this up was so bad, as as terrible as I've ever seen. I'm glad the postseason started with this terrible twins managing in, in game one, yep. uh, bringing in Taylor Rogers in a tie game in the sixth, and and who knows how, how well he would have pitched, but uh, couldn't have done much much worse. Well, so, you have to bring yeah. him out. I mean, he is the best pitcher. Yes. Um, yes. You know, we'll go. We'll get into the awards next week as as they're announced throughout this week and stuff. Um, I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, yes, this was a this was a massive upset. I can't believe that the Astros could hit as well as they did in Washington and with runners in scoring position and just fail to do it in any of the four games in Houston is staggering. I think what they had maybe four hits in the, in those four games with runners in scoring position. I mean, it was just incredible, but then, I mean, so there's that aspect to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, vice versa. I mean, they couldn't hit at all in DC at home and they somehow got the timely hits that they needed to in Houston. Now you say that it is one of the best, like the most, like the biggest, you know, bed shittings of all time uh, for Houston, but how how unlikely of a World Series champion are the Washington Nationals? And I'm posing this in two different uh, this question from two different standpoints. First off, at the end of the uh, of May when they were. 12 games under 500, 19 and 31. Certainly that makes it seem unlikely. But then from the standpoint that Houston was the overwhelming World Series favorite, how does this make? I mean, does this compare to any of the, either of the Marlins teams? Um, I don't. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, they were the biggest favorite since. Boston over the Rockies, and that ended in a sweep. I think Houston should have been the favorite. I don't know if they should have been that big of a favorite because of how well Washington was playing, and they had the pitchers, and it seemed like they were finally living up to their expectations after yep. all of these years. Good. I'm, so, I'm glad. I mean, this is a historic, I, I think this is really, just thinking about it, it's got to be one of the most amazing come from behind stories because that playoff game, that Brewers game, they yes. were down in the eighth inning against Josh Hader. And if their right fielder doesn't make an error, they lose that game. Yep. 
and they're even really don't even make the playoffs. And they're down in the eighth inning against Kershaw, and he gives it up. And they're down in, in this game. They're down two to nothing, what, in the sixth inning, mm-hmm. and they win this game. All of these games in which they were down, teams don't come back after seven, eight innings. It's very rare. Once right. teams up with the seventh and the eighth, they win 90% of the time. So for yep. them to do this over and over and over again a half dozen times in the playoffs, over they down 2-1 to one versus the Dodgers, two games to one. Yep. And they were down three games to two against the Astros. And for them to do this against Verlander and Garrett Cole and Kershaw and Walker Bueller and all of them. And, 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 and winning Peter, on the road, no less. And on the road, they, they, were, they were eight and one on the road in the postseason. This really, for me, is one of the more amazing postseason runs in any sport. Mm-hmm. On the road, come from behind wins over and over. And I don't know if it, if I just haven't heard how. To me, this is like I don't know what's bigger than this as far as what. Coming from behind like this, I don't know sure. if this has been done before. Yeah, and they they have made multiple. You know, they won multiple games on trailing. You mentioned that Brewers game. I think that's the one that people can look at the most because if they lose that game, they don't go on this run. We have seen two remarkable runs then, just from the standpoint of where they were at in the regular season to going on winning the championship within a span of five months. Yeah, four months, maybe four and a half months. The St. Louis Blues, remember, won the Stanley Cup after being in last place, not just the Western Conference, but the NHL on January 3rd. And then they got hot uh, and in route to winning the Stanley Cup. So I'm not trying to compare the the two, but I mean, you can say that these are truly two of the more remarkable championship runs that we have seen from uh you know from teams in any sports i mean the the nationals more so from what they had to come back from in the playoffs and yes baseball is such a long season that you can make up those 12 games but i mean for last place in the nhl at the beginning of the 2019 calendar year to win the stanley cup for the blues that's hard for for me to top i mean and i think the nationals have the had the pitching and that's why the run the, them winning the World Series isn't the most stunning thing, but I think it's just more how the Astros played versus the Nationals winning it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, it, we knew that the Nationals had the players, especially on you know the starting pitching, but we just thought the Astros had a more complete team, and they just didn't come through at all. Yeah, four teams won a hundred games. One of them made the World Series. None of them won it. Dodgers and Twins lost right away. So in, in this year where more teams won 100 than anybody else, none of them won it. And that's the best thing about sports. The favorite usually doesn't win. I picked the Astros to win it. They didn't. Everybody yep. was picking the Astros and the Dodgers, and, and that didn't happen. So um, everybody's picking the Patriots now, and they probably won't. Maybe even make it. Maybe Baltimore makes it. Who knows? Kansas City. Yep. Nobody knows. That's the best thing about it. Nobody knows. Yep. So uh, that's the best thing about sports. Washington wins it in a year in which they, they've been favored before, and it sure as hell wasn't this year. So heck, the heck of a run by them. And um, 
Like with Houston, I think, you know, with Houston and Clemson, those are teams. And I think I, we, we taken them as far as we can go. They won their titles. Yep. So, like, so like Houston's done what they can do. I'd say, I'd say the Padres are probably my next team. I'm all in on the Padres now. So yep. I'm switching to them. And uh, Devil Sweeney, not a fan of them. I think he's a goddamn idiot. Stuff he said over the past few months with, with picking players and, and other stuff. So I, I don't much care for the Clemson head coach. So I hope they do well, but I think I'm done with Clemson. I think uh, I move on to, my, to our next next team's college football. I have no idea who that would be. But uh, for baseball, it's, I think it's the Padres coming up. We uh, just, you know, you were talking about the favorites not winning. That doesn't really bode well for me and my pick to win it all in college basketball this year. Speaking of which, we have uh, we have several upsets in the making here. Alabama just actually hit a three, and they have a one-point lead over Penn. Nichols, uh, formerly Nichols State, now just Nichols apparently, they're up on Illinois by two, 37 seconds left in the second quarter there. And then how about this? Uh where is it here? Eastern Washington. Pretty sure that's who it was. Yes, Eastern Washington up 63 to 14 over Portland Bible in the second quarter or second half. 63 to 14. So that's not an upset, but uh, that's just a very odd score. Uh, 63 to 14. We'll keep we'll keep track of that stuff, and we'll get more into college basketball here. Should they take their starters out? Should they just take a knee? And not try to score 100 points. Nope, yeah, I can't, gotta do it. You know, we're we're not in the uh, the business of uh, you know being politically correct and everything. You know what? If you don't want them to score hundred points, then stop them. I wonder what the payout is that uh, Portland Bible is getting wow. from Eastern Washington right now. Um, well, let's just get to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, Rat a little stunning. Clemson is at five. Penn State four. Alabama three. LSU two. Ohio State one. Now it doesn't really matter the order. It doesn't matter that Clemson is five and not in the in there because the top four teams all have to play one another. Ohio State has to play Penn State. And uh LSU has to play Alabama this week. One of two games featuring undefeated teams. Undefeated eight no teams. LSU, Alabama, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. And Penn, by the way, now 81-80 over Alabama, six seconds left. Uh, and Illinois is pulled within one, 66-65. Anyway, uh, then Penn State, number four in the playoff rankings. They have to take on number 17, Minnesota, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC on Saturday. So... I mean, Minnesota certainly can do some help to their resume by beating Penn State. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Penn State beats them. And, uh, you know, Georgia was six, Oregon seven, Utah eight. Uh, You had Oklahoma nine, Florida ten. I mean, that doesn't really matter. Really, it's the top eight that are the most intriguing to me. Um, Your thoughts on the initial ranking? Like, you know, there's always upsets. I mean, got done talking about upsets. Yep. So things can always change week by week. But it seems like we've got more teams this year in the mix than we've had in, in a while, I guess. 
Because we've got, we've got one conference who is seemingly not involved in this, who now have two teams in it, the Pac-12. We've got two teams, and hopefully both of these teams can stay undefeated the rest of the way. And they have both have one loss. Hopefully they can meet each other in a Pac-12 title game, and the winner maybe is in the discussion. So please win out, win these games against yep. these awful, terrible schools you're going to play. So that's fun that they're back in it. Um, I'm interested to see, like, the one-loss teams. You would think, you know, LSU, Alabama winner, uh, maybe they run the table, they got to play Georgia, so that's always tough. So just going through some some hypotheticals, let's say um, it's not unreasonable to, well, uh, let's just say this. Whoever wins Alabama-LSU, let's say they lose to Georgia. Yeah. Then what happens? (laughs) Ohio State goes undefeated therein. Yep. Clemson goes undefeated. Therein. They're going to be in. Yep. So what SEC team is left out? LSU, who lost to Alabama. Alabama, who lost to LSU. You got to put Georgia in since they won the conference, don't you? If, Even though they've got the worst loss to South Carolina, but they've also got the best win beating Alabama or LSU. I, I would I just I will just say this: if, if Alabama loses to LSU this week, they don't make it in, regardless of what happens. I mean, I guess if they win the SEC, then you could make that argument. But I, I think if Alabama loses to LSU this week, they are in a world of trouble. World of hurt. What if LSU loses? They have better wins right now than Alabama. Uh, so they beat Oregon. That's a good win. Or Auburn beat Oregon. Auburn beat Oregon, but LSU has beaten Florida. LSU has beaten Auburn. Uh, you know that the Texas win doesn't hold as much now uh, because Texas just has not done very well here lately. But um, LSU right now has higher quality wins than Alabama. So I would say LSU would still have a shot, but they would need Alabama to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game for that to happen. All right. What if if we had Alabama, they win their conference. Mm -hmm. Clemson wins their conference. Mm -hmm. Ohio State. Ohio State wins the Big Ten as those yep. are the three teams that we always expect to be there. Yep. So at least one spot left. Does that go to the Pac-12 winner? If the Pac-12... Does that go to, uh, oh. They got one loss? I would say the Pac-12 winner, if they have one loss, would be in. I would give it more so to Oregon. If Utah wins, I don't know for sure. I would think maybe a one-loss Penn State team might have, some, uh, might have a claim to that. I think a one-loss LSU team would maybe have a claim to that. Um, Where's Oklahoma fit in? If Oklahoma runs the table, where do they fit in? Right, because, I mean, they got Baylor twice. I mean, Baylor, I think, was ranked 12th or something in the polls um, in the college Baylor football playoff rankings. Right, so they factor it. There's a whole lot there. There's, I think right now it's pointless for us to really do the exercise of, oh, what happens down the road because they everyone has to play each other. There's... You know, yes, there's only four weeks left in the college football season, regular season, 
But so much can happen over these next four weeks that, I mean, we could go into a whole bunch of different scenarios here. I think there's a lot of potential for... Chaos? For some... For a a team, because usually there's not much discussion of, oh, this team got screwed. Usually the top four is the top four, and there's usually that fifth team is the fifth team for a reason. Yes. But at least this year, you could maybe have a case where that fifth team, whether that's a LSU with the one loss or a Penn State with the one loss, they'd be like, well, we lost to Ohio State, and they're number one. Mm-hmm. Or we lost to Alabama, and they're number two. And we lost you know, by three points or six points. And it's, you want to put us in over Oregon? Okay, I guess, but... So I think that, uh, like, like an Oregon versus a Penn State versus a, a one-loss SEC team, that's that's an interesting debate. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I think Penn State was, what, a seven-point favorite. I don't think it'll be particularly close. I, like Penn State, I, I think they should win by probably three touchdowns. Like the, the schedule for the Gophers, you know, has not been good at all. Right, it's been a joke. I, I would agree with that. I mean, maybe they'll surprise me, but like Penn State should win that game. Now I picked. Like, he should win that by multiple touchdowns. I picked Minnesota to win this game at the beginning of the season, but I didn't anticipate Penn State being this good. So let's make a couple of picks here: LSU, Alabama. And Penn State, Minnesota. I'm going to pick LSU to beat Alabama, even though Tua is very close to 100%, but he won't be 100% in this game. I, You know what? No, I, I, I changed my mind. I want LSU to win, but until they actually do it, I got to go with Alabama. And then I, I want Minnesota to win. I'll go with Penn State and hope I'm jinxing both. I will agree with you. I know you don't want to pick those teams, but I will. Yep. Also pick Penn State and Alabama to win. LSU has been great. Their quarterback has been unbelievable. Um, By the way, I think we could... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. He had, Joe Burrow has 55 incompletions and 205 completions. 260 attempts he's got. 55 incompletions, so 30 touchdowns. It's pretty That's remarkable. Incredible. Um. I think we can maybe forget about that Jordan Love guy from Utah State. State. Yeah, I don't think he, he's he's not very good. I think he could be like the tall guy. Like he could be like the Wyoming of the draft if they look at him and oh, look at this tall son of a gun who can play it. Kind of like Josh Allen. There's like no reason why he should have been picked as high as he, he was picked or or. Marshall Trubisky. I mean, people want him on a, a burning roaster right now. Yep. And all of a sudden, people thought, oh, shit, he's good. And then he keeps playing. It's like, oh, shit, he's terrible. Bears are bad. <laughs> Bears are the worst team that, that there's ever been. Like, boy, that, that went pretty quick. That was a quick oh. turnaround on Frank. Boy, that that uh, that uh, Matt Nagy, he so, sure is a good coach. Oh, wait, no, he can't. He sucks. What, what's going on here? What a what a quick! You know, we like to be quick on our on our uh, projections and everything. Just let yep. it play out. And, okay. uh, this is third year, not good. So, I mean, I'm gonna miss. I got a wedding this weekend, unfortunately, and I'm gonna miss 
I'm, I'm, inter- I'm actually, this is maybe like the first week I'm interested in some stuff. Those two games, I'm interested in Iowa, Wisconsin, because whoever wins that game, the Gophers got to beat. Whoever wins that game, unless they win this game here against Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, I think Wisconsin wins. So that would set up a winner-take-all, Wisconsin-Minnesota, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, winner plays Ohio State, and I sure as hell don't want to see Wisconsin and Ohio State again. So I hope the Gophers win the West, hope they make the Big 12 10 title game. Uh, that would be at least different. So they, they got to beat Wisconsin. they got to beat Wisconsin. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Let me ask you a question here because I posed this to Will Rotler and, and you know Shane Koob and, and Marcus Traxler in a, in a group text that we're in. And the Minis- like the deputy assistant athletic director or something some guy with an athletic director title at the University of Minnesota said during the halftime of the Rutgers game that Minnesota would not play a home night game. And I, to me, that just screams like, yeah, we don't give a shit at all about our football team. Um, we don't. Yes, it it could be cold and stuff at night, but you have you would really have a golden opportunity if if they had said yes, we want to do a night game, and you know both Big Ten teams have to agree. And Penn State was like, yeah, you know we would do a night game too. That Penn State Minnesota game, no doubt in my mind, would have been six thirty. PM Central Time on ABC Saturday night. It is at it is a in the prime slot, you know, at 11 a.m. now on ABC. So it's still on ABC. P- plenty of people will be able to watch. It's the marquee game of the early window. But I think that the Gophers missed an opportunity here to be in that spotlight now Marcus like everyone else says that that's not uh, like they they made the right decision cuz they're probably going to get pounded so why get embarrassed on you know in that prime time slot and stuff but wh- what are what are your thoughts on that cuz I I get that that they could be embarrassed but I also think that they are limiting their exposure and the potential for a just a hyped-up game, regardless of the cold temperatures. Do you think it's smart to do it in the 11 a.m. window, or should they have maybe been open to the idea of doing it in the 6.30 window? And what second? What? I think you're, you're right on this one. Woohoo! You can't, you can't be afraid that you're going to get your ass kicked. Oh, you're afraid that we're going to have a big audience on ABC and we might lose. Well, what, what, what are you doing? You may as well fold the football program up. You may as well fold the football program up. This is the biggest game I, I can ever remember. Yep. But there was a Michigan game there 15 years ago or whatever at the Dome. Yep. I, I, I can, that started in what, since 1941? I think ni- 1960, 1967, I think, maybe. Just in a... In a in 50 years, they haven't been, they, not that they're any good, but the record hasn't been this good in 50 years. And even if they completely, you know, go one and three here the rest of the way, they're still probably going to go to a New Year's Day bowl game in Florida. Outback yep. bowl game, bowl, one of them. So, yep. great accomplishment there. You can't be afraid that you're going to get your ass kicked against Penn State. 
And they also they also might be afraid of the of the weather, how cold it is, how many people will go to the game and stuff. But if it's undefeated team, you if you know, given the stakes that are involved, I think people would care enough to go out and venture in 15 to 20 degree weather. I mean, I just think the exposure would help. To me, that sends the wrong message, the wrong support to your team. I know that P.J. Fleck just got an extension, and maybe they do that because they don't want him to go to Florida State, who just fired Willie Taggart. But to me, I I just think that, that you, you shouldn't just automatically claim. And again, this was during the Rutgers game a few weeks back. This was before they beat Maryland to go into the bye week. Um and be, start preparing for Penn State, but to just immediately say no, we aren't going to do that in November. I, I don't, I don't get it. I think it could be cold weather. It could be attendance. It, it could be they don't want to get embarrassed in the six thirty slot. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it. I think it's probably a, all of those factors combined into this decision and I'm not saying that this is a decision that uh, deserves a firing but if I were you know if I were a diehard Minnesota fan and I, I cheer for the Gophers but I'm not as plugged in and as you know diehard of a supporter as others out there I this this to me though is a head scratching decision to a degree I understand the other side of it but I, I, I think you just can't go in. I think that sends the wrong message about the uni- you know the university supporting this football team in what has been an epic year thus far. Obviously, Ohio State is a different level. Yes. But if you can't even draw half of what they do for a game against Penn State, I mean, come on. You can't draw 50,000 people for the most important game you've had in decades. That's an embarrassment. Yep. Alabama LSU is not at night for the first time in a long time. This, this spot doesn't open up very often. This is your shot. What, what the hell is going to be the night game? What do we got? Clemson, North Carolina State. Jeez, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. I... Clemson, North Carolina State. Yep. But no, no. We had a play at 11 o'clock because it might be 20 degrees at night. Yep. Uh, weather can't be an excuse. Fan support can't be an excuse. Uh, being afraid of getting your ass kicked can't be an excuse. Here's the deal. Nobody's going to pick the Gophers. Nobody thinks uh, they're at the level of Penn State. So if you lose uh, by 30 points, guess what? Nobody's going to be surprised. Nobody's going to care. Your football team has been irrelevant on a national stage as far as as, as we have been born. Mm-hmm. So you, you have got nothing to lose. If you lose the game, so what? You're, not that you don't lose anything. Here's and if you win again, guess what? You're probably in the top ten next week, and you're gonna beat the shit out of Northwestern, and you'll be ten and zero. And guess what? You'll get to get game day. You might even get game day to go to your dog shit of a campus. Very nice campus, but you get game day. Everybody wants game day. Well, you can get that even if you lose these games. Maybe they'll come when you play Wisconsin. Yep. So there you go. Yep. And we've been talking about for weeks about SDSU and the exposure of ESPN stuff. Well, here it is. Here's some exposure. A lot more people are going to be watching this game at 7 o'clock than they would be at noon. But, uh, no, we can't do that because, well, it might be 20 degrees out and our fans might show up. I mean, it's just uh, that's the difference between 
the minor leagues of the Gophers and and the big leagues of everybody else. In the yep. And I, I, yeah, I think it's just the, the support of the that the university has for the football team overall and how much they believe in them. So I, I hope PJ Fleck and the Gophers beat Penn State on Saturday, and I hope they would beat them. You know, regardless of if they had played at eleven or six thirty. Here's your evening primetime slot though of games. Uh, on Saturday, you have Missouri at Georgia, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN. You have Clemson at North Carolina State, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Notre Dame at Duke, I mean, that has some potential. That's on the ACC network at the same time. And then at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 Eastern, Iowa State, Oklahoma. That's it. I mean, that's what you have. It, <laughs> Again, I think CBS has made a colossal mistake by not having the flexibility to add another primetime game. I get why they took Alabama LSU out of primetime because it had been in primetime for years and the the game was just awful because LSU couldn't do anything offensively and they've had a renaissance there this year. It's just been completely different and... You know, who would have ever foreseen, you know, that it would be 1-2 in the AP poll, 2-3 in the college football playoff ranking uh, poll, you know, in the in the college football playoff rankings. You know, I, I wish they would have mo- can move could move that back uh, in. I think CBS needs to figure that out for future years to prevent this sort of thing from happening, but you know, just laying out that primetime slot Boy, I, I, I know Clemson's good, but Clemson, North Carolina State, or Minnesota, Penn State. I mean, come on. I, I think it just speaks for itself. Yeah, unless there's an upset somewhere that gets people's attention, the, the evening ends at 6 o'clock when that Alabama game is dunking. So. Yep. Next week, game day should be what? Baylor hosts uh, Oklahoma, so they should be there for that. I would imagine so. Georgia, Auburn, nope. That's... That'd be the only other one they've got enough SEC schools. In the following week, you've got Penn State, Ohio State, which, you know, Penn State wins, they'll move up at least one spot. So that could be number one versus number three and number one versus number two. So we've got that game coming up. And Oklahoma Baylor is already in the ABC primetime slot for next week. So that's got to be where game day's going. And then the following week, uh, I mean, that's Wisconsin, Minnesota. You want game day? Uh, you got Ohio State, Michigan. Eh, we've done that before. Michigan's uh, not even going to be a factor in there. They, there's another game. There's another week in between that because um, Minnesota goes to Northwestern, yeah. I believe, so Alabama, week 13. Alabama, Auburn, we've done that plenty of times. Yep. Um. I think game day should go to Minnesota in three weeks, Wisconsin, and the Gophers. Yep, week 14. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly there. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, We have some high... Yeah. I'm interested in, since SMU lost, um, it's it's really a toss-up for who gets that that bowl spot Mm -hmm. against whoever the hell in whatever game uh, you've got. Cincinnati at 20, yep. Memphis at 21, Boise at 22, Navy at 24, SMU at 25. Uh, it's been a dream of mine to have that Navy-Army Navy game have implications yep. uh, as far as the bowl games were concerned. And now we're talking maybe one of the big bowl games. 
So uh, maybe Navy, that team, and all of these teams have got to play each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, AAC, a good year for the AAC. They've got all of they got all these, all these teams in the mix here. So good for them. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the NBA that we need to get to before we move to the college basketball? Uh, Phoenix Suns. Suns again. They're not, they're not. They beat, they beat the Sixers. Sixers, an undefeated team. Only one left. Yep. And they beat them last night. But they're five and two, so, you know, you, you keep a little eye on, uh, on the Suns. And uh, see if maybe maybe they're the surprise team of the year. Who knows? The Chicago Bulls had yeah. uh, had a lead going in the fourth quarter, a pretty sizable lead, a thirteen point lead, and they lost. Yeah. They got outscored thirty eight yeah. to nineteen tonight, so that's not good. Like, like, whoa, 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 whoa! What the hell's going on here? There we go. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, when we did our NBA preview, I mean, there I saw publications giving them the seven or the eight seed. I'm like, ah, what, what, is, what has changed here with the Bulls that they're all, all of a sudden going to win? They're going to go 500 and get that seven or eight seed. Like, no, I mean, they've had close games. They can't finish in the fourth quarter. And again, another 30, 30 win here for the Bulls. So that's a none concern of me, the Bulls being competitive. That's something that I sure so don't have to, don't have to worry about. I think the Thunder, Thunder are okay. I don't think the Thunder are terrible. The Warriors uh, are terrible, but that's because Steph Curry is now yeah. out for three months with a broken hand. They've had a bunch of, yeah, but like everybody got hurt. All of their good guys got hurt. They had Draymond Green uh, hurt his wrist or his hand. He got hurt. D'Angelo Russell's been out. So that's, that's an unfortunate uh, deal for them. But uh, Timberwolves, well, they got up to that nice little start. Um, my new favorite player, I would say, is uh, Luka Doncic mm-hmm. for the Mavericks. I don't think we've, I don't, I don't know, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I don't think we've ever seen anybody this young put up these type of numbers right away. No, we haven't. We haven't. Because he's, he's exceptional. What is he? So he's uh, 20. 20 years old. Yeah. He won't turn 21 until end of February, and uh, he had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. What did he put up last year? 21, eight rebounds, nearly seven, uh, eight rebounds. How many assists? Six assists. This year he's averaging nearly a triple double, 27, nine and nine. He's 20 years old. Um, Luka Doncic, this guy. He uh, he he's, he's the next guy. And the Lakers are six and one, which 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 is very unfortunate. So. It is, but uh, you know what? They really haven't been tested a whole lot yet. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to the college basketball because that's tipped off tonight, Tuesday Champions Classic. Uh, Kansas and Duke played, and it was a turnover fest. Uh, Kansas, too many turnovers, but you, you see the potential of both teams. Um, Duke, I think, is going to be pretty good. Uh, do you want to just – should we go conference by conference with some of these big ones here? Sure. Okay. Um, I just put out my college basketball preview. Uh, we have to do some editing on some names because the editor missed a few of those today. Uh, but let's start with the 
uh, we'll just go in alphabetical order. We'll go to the American, and we pick oh. the American because it's it's got Memphis and it's got you know the Penny Hardaway's the head coach and they got a great recruiting class in there. Mike Miller is an assistant head coach there. I mean, we for years we had been talking about Wichita State, and, you know, running this conference, and now it is Memphis's turn. Um, they're really, really good, and I think they could certainly make a run at the Final Four this year. You're going that far? Yes. Memphis. Memphis. Uh, Cincinnati, they're always good. Mick, agreed. Mick Cronin, though, their head coach is now at UCLA. I don't know how much of a drop-off we'll see with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati will be the second best team. Houston's been pretty good with it. So got Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. So Houston, Houston's been on a good run here lately. Uh, UConn, what, what are they leaving? Where are they leaving? They're going back to the Big East next year. So. Yep. Um, UConn hasn't been all that great. They won the national title there what, five years ago. I think they're a fringe. Oh, yeah, they're a fringe bubble team as well. I think Bobby Hurley is it Bobby Hurley or Danny Hurley. Bobby. 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 It's a it's a Hurley brother, and I he's gonna make UConn more competitive this year, uh, but I think they're probably a year or so away. Everybody's gonna pick Memphis. I think um, we probably get three teams in the tournament: Cincinnati and Houston, probably in that mix as well. So yeah, Memphis. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, see if they live up to the hype here uh, with all of these recruits. I'll be. There's been some teams that have been heavily hyped mm-hmm. in the past that did not. What was it? Washington, maybe a few years ago. I remember Washington. People have a hard on for Washington. Yeah, because they had Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah. They had a guy that couldn't shoot. That's yeah. bad. When your best player is somebody that can't shoot, and, and the way you win a game is you shoot well, mm-hmm. that's bad. Uh, LSU with Ben Simmons, also a guy. Who can't shoot the ball? So also Ben Simmons, LSU. That did not work out well at all. So we will see. We will see. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis win that count. Uh, spot on with the 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 three teams in. I have Memphis, Cincinnati, and Houston all from the AAC. Uh, James Wiseman. He's the guy. Yes. For, uh, for Memphis. Jimmy Wiseman, eighteen-year-old kid, seven-one. Well, he had 28 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks tonight in 22 minutes. That's good. I think they have nine freshmen. Oh, I mean, it's just stunning. The this is like, this is like Kentucky yeah. West. Yes, I mean, this is they are very young, and that's what could potential. That's what will hold them back. But I, I think they're just great. The ACC figures to be deep and competitive as it always is. Uh, you know, Duke doesn't have the trio of stars this year, the the Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson from last year, so they're going to take a step back. I really like UNC this year. I like UNC a lot. I like Louisville a lot, uh, but UNC, I believe it's Cole Anthony, son of Greg Anthony. He's a star there. I believe they also have a couple of transfers coming in, one from William & Mary that should be good. Uh, they have an overall good recruiting class. I think UNC is fantastic. Uh, Louisville is going to be very good. Two, you have your other teams in the mix. You know, Florida State will be in there. Virginia. Um, I I have seven teams from the ACC in, and maybe I should have 
you know, swapped one or two out, but uh, I have Syracuse, Virginia, North Carolina State in, along with Florida State, Louisville, UNC, and Duke, or UNC and Duke. Well, UNC with their top five guys are gone, so that's concerning. Yep. Oh, Virginia squad, yeah, Virginia squad. Um, yeah, I'll take a step back. But yeah, what Louisville, Duke, Carolina, I'll assume to be the top three. Three in there, and then everybody else does it. Doesn't really matter a whole heck of a lot. So, um, well, you, you've got Carolina winning, I guess. Yes. Carolina or Louisville. I could uh, honestly see Louisville in there. Some people really like Notre Dame to to take a, a step and get into the the postseason. I could maybe swap them out for a North Carolina State or something, but or or Syracuse. But I can't. I don't have Notre Dame in right now. What What is the deal here on opening night? There were three ACC games, three conference games. Yeah, Louisville weird. played Miami. Yeah. Uh, Tech played Clemson. NC State played Georgia Tech. What? what? I think North Carolina plays in a couple of days against Notre Dame. What is this? I don't. I don't know. It's uh. I I saw that as well. I'm thinking maybe it's something with the ACC network. I, you know, hyping up the college basketball season for them. I I, I don't know, but I agree. It's a it's a little strange. Yeah, give me a little bit, Big Twelve. I think it's. I mean, obviously, it's Kansas. A lot of people, and I I don't know what, you know, the controversy and the FBI probe and the NCAA investigation surrounding Bill Self in Kansas. I don't know what sort of impact that will have on them this year, if any. Uh, Jay Billis says that anything would probably happen in July of next year. So it's not something they really have to worry about right now. Why does this always take. Literally years. I, I don't know. Why does this take years? Arizona, North Carolina, yep. Kansas. Why does this take years to figure out and nothing ever happens? I don't know. It's a great question. I and I truth truthfully, I have no idea. But um, you know, they have Silvio de de Souza was ineligible last year. He's eligible this year. Uh, Azubuke is back i mean he he doesn't take a shot outside of eight feet uh everything is down low but they they're big they just had a lot of turnovers against duke i'm not going to hold that against them kansas is the class of this division baylor's supposed to be very strong of course we got texas tech in there lost a few guys but they'll be just fine as well some people seem to think west virginia might sneak in i'm not sure about that i'll go with my shaka i'll go with my boy shaka smart and texas Uh, and I'll throw Iowa State in the mix as well. Kansas State might do it. I think Oklahoma State, little young yet, uh, but they will make improvements from last year, and next year could be their year. Oklahoma, I each year I just don't trust them, and yet they make the tournament. Uh, but I won't pick them. Uh, TCU, I think. Uh, do they white? Do they have a, the white albino anymore? I don't I think so. I was going to ask, is my white albino <laughs> boy in there? I know he got hurt. I hope he is. I have no idea if he is. I'm not, I'm not going to look it up, but I hope he is. I think TCU's uh, short as well, but I have five teams from the Big 12 making it. Well, Texas Tech did. That was impressive. Yes. That was impressive. What they did, what they they damn near won the whole deal. Very surprising. Oh, uh, yeah. Kansas, they, they, they do it again. I'm sure they're losing this week 16 like they always do. Um. 
I'm sure this will be the first of many times in which I say I'm thoroughly unimpressed with what your boy has done at Texas. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know whether it's football, whether it's I mean, with basketball. I mean, I'm watching them play Dom and Company for Christ's sake. They shouldn't be playing Dom and Company. They should be in the tournament, mm-hmm. and they, they're not. So it's Kansas, and everybody else get by. I am probably the most intrigued out of any conference by the Big East this year. Big the, East. The Big East is going to be great. Our boy, it's going to be great. Marcus Howard at Marquette. He scores oh, a whole bunch of points. Man. Yep, your your Marquette squad from last year. My sleeper team that really pooped all over themselves. <laughs> Got uh, beat be, John be Morant and Murray Trump. State. Who was this? It was John Morant and Murray State. Oh, yeah, they kicked their ass seven ways to Sunday. Yes. That was a, that was a damn yep. beatdown. Uh, Seton Hall has a tremendous player in Miles Powell. If you haven't seen it, Villanova is going to be very good again. Georgetown, Patrick Ewing's got that team going great. Providence, I think Ed, Ed Cooley's still there, right? Our boy Ed Cooley. Your wife's favorite coach, Ed Cooley. Uh, uh, they can't get rid of him. They'd ride in the streets of Providence. Right. Uh, Providence should uh, rebound this year. I like Creighton and Xavier to make it back as well. So I have seven teams from the Big East getting in, and they might, you know, it, it might be a you know a cannibalistic conference where, in terms of you know, they just feast on one another. Here they beat them. So like, who's going to have the high quality wins? How high will their seeds be? But I think every team outside of St. John's and DePaul, and I get, and I'm leaving Butler out. But I think all all of these teams are incredibly strong, and I I, I just am very fascinated to see who emerges from this conference as the best team. But I think they're going to send a high majority of their. I got 70% of the the teams in the conference getting in. I just I think that highly of the Big East this year. I'm glad the two teams that at least I hate the most have won national titles recently in Villanova yep. and Virginia. The two teams that I loathe the most. I, I can move on for those teams because real one of the reasons I hated them is Good. because they would always be highly ranked and, and they would always lose. Yeah. I guess I would. I, if you would have given me this deal of say okay. Virginia gets to be the only one seed to ever lose in the first round, but the next year they're going to win it all. I would have said, fine. Sign me up for that because losing to the 16, UMBC, everybody knows what UMBC is. I'll never forget it. Yep. That was so great. That was so great watching that. The next year we get to see him win the deal. That's fine. Um, and they were down by yeah, double like, digits to Gardner-Webb last year, too. I know. It's, in like, the it's first going to happen again. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yep. It was amazing, and they win the whole thing. So, yeah, a lot of good teams in this conference. Marquette do better at the end of the year. They lost with the two uh, Hauser twins who were decent yep. players. One of the uh, Hausers is in Virginia right now. I think the other one went to Wisconsin, I think, so yep. that's uh, disappointing for them. But, uh, yeah, it should be Villanova. Villanova's the all Marquette. So, Xavier, always one more Xavier squad. Yes, yes, of course we do. Uh, Big Ten, it's it's Michigan State and everyone else. 
Cassius Winston is back. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate. We got to see Michigan State. We got to see Virginia win it all last year. We got to see Texas Tech in the Final Four in Minneapolis. Uh, Michigan State didn't do very good against that defensive pressure of Texas Tech and Chris Beard. But um, I, I mean, you got Cassius Winston back. That's fine. I guess they have one of their big men, Langford. He could be out for the year with a foot injury. That hurts them. But when you have the best backcourt in the country, you're going to be able to negate some of maybe that that youth down low. I, I just really like Cassius Winston and Michigan State to run away with this uh, with the with the conference, even though teams like Ohio State and Maryland are also going to be very very good this year. Um, but really, I think I think overall the Big Ten is going to be a little down. And, but the the teams at the top are very, very good. Yeah, like Michigan State won in 99. They haven't won since. Yep, Mateen right. Cleaves was the leader of that team. That's a disappointment, isn't it? 20 years, they haven't won, and they've, they've been there a couple of times. Yep. They haven't won a national title in 20 years for a team that is seemingly always there. Mm-hmm. And what? And what Big Ten was the last time they won one? Was that it? Michigan got pretty close. Wisconsin lost to Duke in the championship game. Ohio. The Big Ten has won one national title in twenty-five some years. Yeah, because Ohio State lost to Florida. That was uh, that was the year in Atlanta. That was with you know, Joe Kim Noah and Corey Brewer and stuff. Uh, and the rest of the what, game. 1990 with Michigan was 1989. Is that the last time they've won? 30 years? Well, outside of, outside of Michigan State winning in 99. They've won one in 30 years. That's remarkable for, for a conference that, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Illinois had a little run there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Indiana. That's disappointing. At least people don't think the Gophers are going to be good, so that's nice. People don't think Nebraska is going to be good. They should be awful. I I will say this regarding Minnesota. They have four very talented freshmen. They're just young, and so that's why I'm keeping them out. I'm keeping Wisconsin out. I don't think they're going to be all that great. Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg will get that program turned around. It's not going to be right away. I have two teams in, though. I put one team in before last year, and they failed on me, but I really uh, think highly of this coach, and then I have a – a team that hasn't been in the NCAA tournament in years in as uh do you, do you care to guess who I have in uh outside of Michigan State, Ohio State and Maryland and Purdue. I I'll give you four of the six. What are my other two teams that I've picked to make it to the NCAA tournament out of the Big 10? Illinois and Indiana? Illinois is correct. Indiana is just missing. I have Penn State. Penn State, go Penn State. We got the St. Mary's in Wisconsin. They're playing in Sioux Falls right now. Yep. And um, they're the- tied at 52, because what else would you expect from these two teams? They're tied at 52 with two and a half to go. You know, though, that's not terrible because Duke and Kansas were only in the mid-60s. 
not great. No. So, good little game there. Yeah, I mean, no Big Ten, they've had, what, they've had some years, they've gotten like eight teams in, they've gotten a boatload of teams in. Uh, yeah, it doesn't appear to be one of those years. No. Seems like six, maybe seven if it was Wisconsin or, or Indiana. Indiana, it's been a while since yep. they've done something. Yep, I, I had Indiana in initially and took them out. Even, you know, there are a couple teams that I have making the tournament that I would rather throw another team in, like a like a Boise State out of the Mountain West, uh, because Mountain West, I think we both agree it's going to be Utah State. Uh, Craig Smith going to do wonderful things there in year two again. Uh, and they don't have yeah, to worry I mean, about Nevada. Maryland, Maryland's probably a top ten team. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pac-12, I really like Oregon. A lot of people do. they got some good additions. Peyton Pritchard is a, a senior point guard. Oregon's going to be very good, uh, even though they don't have uh, a Minute Bowles' son. So that, that sucks. A lot of people like Washington. Arizona's going to be back in the mix. Uh, I'm leaving the SoCal teams out. I think McCronin's going to need to do something, uh, you know, He'll get UCLA back in a couple of years. I'm not gonna. I just don't want to put USC in, maybe out of spite to uh, Schottenkirk. But um, it comes down to Utah, Colorado. I hear good things about Colorado, so I threw them in. I have five teams out of the Pac-12 overall. Colorado can that be considered my sleeper, or is that too? Nope, much? nope. Go for it. That's a sleeper. Yeah. Are they too big of a... Nope. Nope, they are not. Right nope. Do you want to make them this year's Marquette squad? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's uh, to be determined. I can't, can't find any. Man, I don't know. I'll see. I will see. But yeah, what did they get in? Oh, who was it? Oregon made the run last year. Didn't they make a, make a good run? Sweet 16 run. Yep, as a 12 seed. As a 12 seed. Well, well, well did they get three teams in last year? Oh, I don't yeah, have well, I don't have my book in front of me. Uh, I know Washington made it, Oregon made it, and Arizona State made it into the um, the playing. I was hoping very much they'd be maybe a two bid league. Or a, uh, I'm hoping for the same two or three bids from this dog shit of a conference. The uh, conference of champions, Krenz. Bill yeah, Walton says it's the conference of champions. Yeah. Whatever he wants to do a game, I hopefully can be watching that. So he's, he's fantastic. Um, now, Oregon, people like Colorado, your Arizona squad seems to be okay. Don't don't Other say they're that, my Arizona squad. I just picked them to make it. I don't I, want them to do it. I don't want them to be good. The, I, don't want, I don't want any of these teams to make it. <laughs> so, outside of those three teams, I, I hate this conference. Uh, SEC... I think this is going to be a very good conference. Uh, the SEC, SEC, very deep. Yes, a very deep conference. Kentucky's going to they're reloaded. I really love Florida this year. Uh, yep, uh, they got Blackshear, the transfer from Virginia Tech, and he was great for Virginia Tech last year. So. I mean that I that to me almost vaults Florida past Kentucky in my opinion. Um, they've also got some you know highly recruited uh, freshmen that will make an impact on the team. LSU is going to be good. Tennessee takes a, Tennessee and Auburn take steps back, but still make the tournament. 
I think both Mississippi schools make the tournament. And then my dark, if you're going to pick Colorado. You want to hit because they got your coach. I don't, I'm not, I'm not taking Buzz Williams in Texas A&M. No, thank you. Okay. I like Georgia this year. Tom Crean. Georgia. Yep, Tom Crean, year two. They got a five-star recruit. He kind of laid the foundation for him last year. They had a long conference losing streak. But I think Georgia sneaks in and takes a bubble spot. That's my kind of... That's my way out there selection. I think is Georgia, Georgia to make the NCAA tournament. I like that. Uh, Kentucky, I guess, you usually disappoint. They're, you know, between them and Duke and all of these teams, you know, they haven't won. What? Kentucky's won one. Duke has won one, right? With all of these guys, right? Yep. Are they won one. Like Christ, I they Over I think they've won. won. Virginia won one. Carolina's yep. won more than you you've had. Yeah, and and they don't do this all that often. Gonzaga's almost won. So Villanova's won more than Kentucky. They won one. They almost won. They won. Did Villanova win two? Yes, they have. They won two. So the ones and dones are great. You always say, "Yep, you want to play for me? That's fine." But they haven't won the national title, and that's the only reason why you get. Zion Williamson and R.J. Baird is to win national titles, mm-hmm. and that just you know, couldn't even get to the Final Four, for God's sake. So, yeah, Florida and Kentucky, I like that Auburn made their run. I'm sure that'll be vacated in a couple of years. I'm glad <laughs> that they made their run. Uh, LSU won the conference last year, won the conference tournament, so that was something different because it's always Kentucky and Florida. Yep. Uh, Tennessee was a team that was highly thought of. So, yeah, I mean, they've got, um, usually it's just Kentucky and Florida, now it looks like you can add Tennessee and LSU and Auburn. Seems like this is a actual legitimate conference again. So I uh, like those five teams. Everybody else, yeah, I maybe maybe go six teams get in from here. So I have eight overall. Two new head coaches. Nate Oates from Buffalo is now at Alabama, and uh, Jerry Stackhouse, head coach at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, it, interesting because you have Jawan Howard at Michigan in the Big Ten, and yeah. that's one reason I don't have Michigan in the in the um, tournament this year because I I don't. It takes a while for some of these former highly regarded pro basketball players who have maybe coached in the in the NBA or the G League to really help their team in. You know their their school, their alma mater. If they go back and coach, I mean Patrick Ewing, it's taken him a few years, but he's finally it seems like he's going to get Georgetown to the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, it didn't work for Chris Mullins at St. John's. That's too bad. So I think for guys like Jerry Stackhouse and you know and Jawan Howard, I think it's just going to take a couple of years for them to get into it. Um, and establish their program and get them in. Out of the not out of the rest of the conference, with the conferences. I mean, we we know what we got in you know the in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, gonna go neck and neck. Gonzaga is gonna be good again once again this year. Uh, the Atlantic Ten, you could. I they I have three teams in from there: VCU, Davidson, and Dayton. Uh, the Summit just for. Just for uh, you know, transparency's sake, I have North Dakota State, and I don't think it's even close. I think 
the men and the women will both right be there again. Obviously, we know when it's on the women's side, and we know what that game's going to be like at the end of March or end of, end of the tournament. Yep. I think the men are going to be right there. I don't know who these guys are. Uh, they ran by three against uh, Senior State, or whatever the hell they were playing today. <laughs> they played uh, Texas, Rio Grande Valley, and they won 70-57. to 70 David Wingett from uh, from Memphis is is eligible to play this year, so that's Memphis that's kid, big. Yeah, he didn't play them today. He played much at all tonight. Um, Brandon Key is back, so again, he's somebody that was a contributor a couple weeks ago, a couple uh, years ago, and then he was just off the team. So yeah. again, Otzelberger, whatever the hell he did, like Brandon Key wanted to transfer apparently, but now he's back. Um, Noah Friedel, he didn't appear to play much. He started, I guess, from T. Yep. Um, I guess the guy I'm looking at, who I think the guy who I think is like the next guy is this Dump Wilson, this uh, what, community college transfer. Yep, junior from from Iowa. From Iowa. Yep. I think Dump Wilson. I think he'll be like a first team All Conference guy, player of the year type. So that sounds like such a bland it. name, Doug Wilson. Like that sounds Doug like Wilson. someone from. It sounds like you got someone from accounting to come play on your city rec league team. Doug Wilson. So, so count me all in on Doug Wilson. Uh, uh, who do we think the next guy is going to be? Okay. I don't know if there's anybody that's going to fill the Walters and Dom shoes. But uh, as far as a two-year holdover guy until that next guy gets here, uh, let me get all in on Doug Wilson I'll, so, to carry the load. I'll, I'll do the uh, wing it uh, as, uh, as the guy. I don't who... know how much he's going to play. So I'm, uh, not we'll this see. year. Not this year, but uh, in future see. years. Um, no doubt. Uh, I do think Boise State's a team to watch out for in the Mountain West. I did pick Utah State. I did pick the Mountain West is only one bid team. I think Boise State could steal a bid, though, from the likes of, say, a Georgia or a Illinois, Indiana, uh, Colorado, One of some of those teams. People really seem to be high on Missouri State. I picked Loyola Chicago just because... Uh, Sister Jean, still there, still kicking. So, uh, do that. Harvard is a very good team in the Ivy League, and they could make some noise uh, in the NCAA tournament. As could you know, a school like UC Irvine out of the Big West. But other than that, uh, you know, New Mexico State's going to run away with the whack. Even though Dan Marley and Grand Canyon will do everything they can. Um, I love my Vermont squad in the American East. Uh, anything else out of these other conferences that uh, really catches your attention? Yeah, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, they're always there, but it's probably maybe closer this year. Yep. Maybe St. Mary's a little better. Gonzaga, not as good as they've been. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, VCU, are they the best? I know, the best of the mid-majors, VCU. We always like them. Yep. Um, Davidson, you always like them. Harvard, I think Harvard uh, will be one of those teams that we'll be talking about. 
was like a 12 seed, 13 seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico State, they're always in the mix. Yep. Uh, who, did, who did they play last year that? That they Auburn. Auburn. Huh? Auburn, yeah, that was the game where that was one of the worst endings of a game I've ever seen. Yeah. I think from their, their shots from like New Mexico State had like two or three shots of winning, and they should have won this game, but they didn't. So I would say, you know, Harvard, New Mexico State, Davidson, VCU, so mid-major teams that can maybe win a couple of games. Absolutely. And then uh, how about Final Four predictions? I'll start. I have Michigan State. I have Florida. I have Kentucky and North Carolina. I am high on the Tar Heels this year, probably higher than I should be. Uh, I kept Memphis out, and it it pained me to do it. Uh, But Memphis was the team that I, you know, I think we had talked about it earlier as being, you know, a surprise team. I think they could do it, but I have Michigan State, Florida, Kentucky, and North Carolina. So two from the SEC, one from the Big Ten, and one from the ACC. You look at the seeds. Uh, you look at the seeds last year. You had a one seed in Virginia. It, it wasn't all that surprising that Virginia made it. Right. I didn't pick them, obviously, but they are, I could see Virginia making the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State had to beat Duke. That was just surprising the team we wanted to see. So yeah, it wasn't crazy that Michigan State made it. Uh, Texas Tech, even though they were a three seed. It was kind of surprising that Texas Tech made the Final Four. Yep. And Auburn, uh, that was also surprising. And Auburn, even though they were the five seed, they they made the Final Four. We could not have asked for a better for better games in the Final Four. You know, we were disappointed that we didn't see Zion, but yeah. or or the our Tar Heels, but. For the we games that we got. Lap race. How about that? Yes, right? Yeah, that was great. Um, I mean, that, that, that Michigan State, Texas, that game, that, that didn't do much for me. But uh, the two Virginia games, they, they were thumbs up. Two Virginia games were thumbs up for me. Mm-hmm. The previous three had Kansas and Villanova, a couple of uh, one seats. And you had Michigan, and you had Loyola. Yep. One of the amazing, maybe the most amazing Cinderella I've ever made. Loyola. I was an orphan. Somehow make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you have? And then in the year before that, you had uh, another amazing, ridiculous run uh, by South Carolina. Yes. South Carolina made it the final four. Yep. What? So, as far as predicting these things, uh, on, on, and, and the year before that, who made it? That was ridiculous. A 10 seed called Syracuse made the final four. Yes, I don't have so my a, I don't have my book huh? in front of me that where I you know I have all of like the, the previous year's brackets since like 2006. I I have to find it. It, it. it got shuffled somewhere in the move. We we are on an amazing run of at least one final four team being. Just weird. Yep. Year before that, Michigan State made it. They were the only one seed not to make it. And I guess the only reason why Michigan State was weird in 2015 is because they were they were a seventh seed, which is 
uh, out of the ordinary. And uh, Kentucky made it. The year UConn won as a seven, which is weird. They played Kentucky, who was an eight seed. So that year, you had a seven seed versus an eight seed, but it was Kentucky versus Connecticut. And then we know about the VCUs and uh, the Butlers and all of those teams. So yep. uh, we're on, on quite the run of uh, weird. And, and Wichita State made it the year before that. So it's basically been every single year here for about a decade to where there's been a very odd team. Eight seeds, nine seeds, 11 seeds, 10 seeds make it. So that's been very weird. Agreed. Everybody's picking, everybody's yep. picking Michigan State and Kansas and Duke and all of this stuff. So and let me see. Who do we want? We want, well, let's take Michigan State, I guess. Yeah. Like the, Go Sparty. Go them. Take Memphis. Everybody likes Memphis. Still with Memphis with all these kids. Michigan State, Memphis. Oh, let's see. Let's go. VCU. Woo! And let's go Oregon. All right. All right. I like it. Oregon, VCU, Memphis, Michigan State. Some weird, Random. weird things. Very good. I like it a lot. My natural champion. Okay, remember that, because I won't remember that. I'll try. I'll try my best to remember it. Uh, my uh, national champion is Michigan State. Is that who you will pick as well? That's who everyone seems to be picking. I'm gonna pick Oregon over Memphis. All right. There we go. You just shit on the you just shit on the Pac-12, and yet you pick Oregon to win the Conference of Champions. Well, I also shit on the Lenovo. I also shit on Virginia. Yep, that's true. This trend continues. Uh, Give me, give me the best of the worst. All right. Give me Oregon to beat Memphis. All right. Yeah. So so give 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 me that. Give me a shitty team. If not going to be Clemson and the Astros, then give me uh, give me Oregon, a team that I don't hate. Oregon, I got a lot of Oregon clothes and stuff. But um, give me my, my my most hated conference. Let's keep this going. Very good. Well, we'll talk plenty of college basketball here throughout the upcoming weeks and months leading up into March. Uh, what games? I think the women. The women will be fine again. Yep. They'll be fine. Yes, I I agree with that. I think the men, it's a transition year for them. But the fact that they get David Wingett, uh, the fact that he's eligible to play, I think that does give SDSU fans hope. That you know the season isn't a complete wash, but this year it's you know what's weird is that they've picked this year the year that they aren't supposed to do anything. I mean that's this is the hardest non-conference schedule you could have. You know going against the likes of Arizona and USC and Indiana and Nebraska and and you know they, they, I don't know if that's a great time to pick all these conference teams, but okay, so be it, I guess. Yeah, like if, if if they gotta play USD on that Monday to go to the championship, I, yeah, let's let's play that game. Let's see how that goes. 
I've been more. I don't think it could be North Dakota State, but I, I'd be more than happy to play USD in a semifinal. I would too. More, more than happy. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. There. Hey. This, this, hey. Yeah. Well, well, apparently, this has just become like my favorite game of the year now. November twelfth, Memphis at Oregon, my championship game. Memphis at Oregon. So I gotta pay attention to that now. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. A week from tonight. A week from Tuesday. Shit, what is this, November 12th? Yeah. Tuesday? Yeah. I don't have anything next Tuesday. I'm watching that. It's probably on at probably 1 in the morning, so that's going to be bad. But, uh, eh, I'll be something. Well, let's see what time the game's on. Duke at Michigan State. That's coming up here next month. Utah A-C- State at St. Mary's. Utah's what? Utah State 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Craig Smith has a good team there. Uh, let's see. Oh. When is this? Oregon okay. Memphis, the Phil Knight Invitational, eight o'clock. Uh, it is in Portland, so at the you know at the Moda Center. Central. Uh, eight Central. Yep. So it'll get done at ten. Great, great. I can watch that next week. Yep. Uh, here during the show. Yep. Uh, Carolina at Gonzaga. How about that? At Gonzaga. Carolina at Gonzaga. Yep. So, Villanova and Kansas, two top five teams there. Uh, Florida gets to play Utah State. She'll maybe show me something there. Utah State. Louisville and Kentucky, their annual game. Yep. And, uh, yeah, some good, some good, yeah. I didn't pay a lot of attention last year. I think the year before I paid a lot of attention. So I'm I think I can maybe probably pay more attention this year. Good. I'm hoping. Good. Since I've got these oddball teams. <laughs> Let's check in on our Bible college now and see what the hell's going on with oh, them. Uh those the game must be done here. What happened? What happened? Oh uh, so Who is this? Who is this? This was Eastern Washington and Portland Bible. I I, I always like to to see um, who these other teams. One hundred and seven to twenty five. So that's not great. No, it is not. No, it is I, not. I, 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 I would like to see a Portland Bible's <laughs> schedule. Who Portland <laughs> Bible gets to play? Uh. Portland Bible College Athletics. And North, Athletics. North Carolina there. State just lost to Georgia Tech in overtime, and I'm immediately regretting putting them in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. Their website does not look great. <laughs> um, not, not a whole lot to their website. I don't even know what uh, what you would call that. Portland Bible College, TBC Wildcats, that's what we want. All right, playing Idaho back-to-back days, College of Idaho, all right. They've already played Alaska Anchorage and Northwest Christian, so they've already started their season. Holy cow. They play Simpson, they play Lewis and Clark State, they play Linfield, they play Pacific Lutheran, they play Yellowstone Christian. A lot, of, a lot of back-to-back games here. Will they play the same team? Unless they're scheduled stupid. 
No. A lot of games in which they play the same team back-to-back nights, like it's the goddamn CBA so, or something. So I, I do know that the uh, the Northern Sun, you know, that's the one with the like SMSU and Mankato and St. Cloud State and, um, you know, Crookston, you know, that whole deal. I believe they play games back to back nights, Friday and Saturday night. But they, you know, they play against different teams. But different teams, yes, different teams. You know what? I don't even know what conference this is. What is this? The Pacific Coast Athletic Conference, the PCAC. PCAC. <laughs> PCAC. Probably better than the Pac-12. Oh, you stop it! That's that's not happening. That's not the best PCAC team against the worst uh, of the Pac-12, and we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, I guarantee if they're going against the Eastern Washingtons of the world and losing by 72 points or whatever. Well, that's not, I, I would assume that Portland Bible State Tech is not the best to PCAC has to offer. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's... Oh, shit. Well, uh, a couple... I picked three green teams to win the damn... to go to the thing. Three green teams. No, you only picked two green. Michigan State and Oregon. Those are the other ones. Memphis and... You picked VCU. VCU is yellow and black. That's all Yeah. So I went to Kansas City for the Vikings game. Uh, that How's was the weather. Weather, weather looked very good. Weather was great. Uh, a little chilly. I had a sweatshirt on. It was fine. Um, Crims, I kid you not. There were at least twenty five thousand Vikings fans there. Yep. Yeah, it, it was. I I don't know if you got a chance to see much of the game, but it was purple. School chants oh, were yeah. going on. I really wish we would have waited with the school chants until the Vikings won the game. The last half a quarter of this game was the worst half quarter of Vikings football I've seen in maybe forever. No, not forever, but it's been a long time. I I can't remember a half a quarter that's worse than what they played Sunday. Uh, Between the last two offensive possessions, like you get the ball, it's 23 to 20. Seven minutes, like 7.47 left. You should easily be able to get a couple of first downs, change the field position. Uh, the fact that they didn't run a bunch of screens on that last drive, it, it just baffles me because the screens were working. And for whatever reason, they they decided not to do it. Uh, the defense, not great, uh, especially you know, on that last drive, second and 24. You probably shouldn't allow Travis Kelsey to get that wide open and gain 20 yards there. But also the fact that Harrison Butker made that 54-yard field goal. It was on our side, and it looked like the wind might have was trying to push it away so it didn't drop or didn't go over the the goalpost, but it did. Uh, that sucked. But um, officiating was terrible. But overall, Arrowhead Stadium is a great stadium, fantastic atmosphere. Um and the fact that so, so hard to win there, so hard to win there when half of the crowd is for the other team. I mean, it was it was incredible. the The tailgating scene, first off, like I'm gonna be posting pictures on Facebook and Twitter here soon of the trip. Um, 
Like, it, it, it really, I can't describe it well enough. I mean, it was just the parking it's a lot. Big parking like, lot full of folks. It is, but then the, it stretches back further. Like on the other side of the stadium, there's just yeah, rows right. and rows of tents popped up. I mean, you could easily probably had like fifty thousand minimum people tailgating, and not all those people are going to the to the to the game. I mean, I bet you had twenty to thirty thousand people just watching in the parking lot. The officiating was terrible, but it's a you know it's a you know it's an old stadium. It's forty seven years old, but uh, you know saw the Chiefs you know Hall of Fame and stuff. They have that in there. I was it was a good stadium to watch a game in. I was very impressed with the Vikings yeah. crowd. Um, Did you see where that guy shot himself? That Kansas City Chiefs player shot himself a few years ago. Did they have a memorial there no, for him? No, I they did not. For the guy shot no, 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 I did not see that. Um, I, I, I could not believe how many Vikings fans were there. We went to a place Saturday night. It was by our hotel in downtown Kansas City. It's called KC Live. It's a bunch of different bars that uh, you know. A little overhang, like if you saw anything from the um, the World Cup, uh, the Women's World Cup, you know they they showed a a spot of Kansas City and where people were watching the viewer party. That's where we were at stuff. So that was cool. There were a lot of Vikings fans there Saturday, you know, doing the school chants. But the the mere fact that you had that much purple in the lower bowl and then on the Vikings sideline in the upper deck, there it was like it was practically all purple. Uh, the school chant outdrowned the the tomahawk chop chant uh, at one point, which was great. But I wish we would have just waited with the school chant until after the game when the Vikings won, because it just it fired up the Chiefs defense. Apparently, hearing the school chants and stuff, uh, the Chiefs fans or Chiefs players apparently weren't happy that there were so many Vikings fans there in attendance. Uh, but the Vikings, you know. It's you know what it, it's Kansas City's a good team even without Patrick Mahomes even without the Hall of Famer. Uh, I did buy a Hall uh, Patrick Mahomes T-shirt too just because I was there I had to do it you know he's a Hall of Famer got to buy his shirt. But um, so so they're a good team regardless. But the Vikings should have won that game. That's a game that they sh- will look back at the end of the year and say that's one we should have won and they pooped it down their pants the final half quarter there. That last drive, two and a half to go. You're at the 25. Yep. You need 25, 35, 40 yards for a reasonable kick. Yep. So in that situation, you're like, all right, either uh, either we're going to overtime. That's the worst case scenario. Either we're winning this game or we're going to overtime. And three straight passes on that last drive. The punt was terrible. A good punt would have helped tremendously. Uh, Even though they got drive. the sack, you know, recover the fumble. Just recover it. Like that, yeah, and they would have won. That would have been nice, too. Uh, I, I guess I, I looked at it two and a half minutes to go at the 25. I'm thinking, <clears throat> I'm going to run maybe two plays here. Maybe even one play before the, the two-minute one. Would they have two timeouts left? Yes. So time is really not an issue. I've got plenty of time. Yep. I've got plenty of timeouts. I do not. I do not want to give them the ball back. So maybe that first uh, first play, you you run the ball, and 
let it go down to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And you've got a second and whatever with two minutes to go. And so that, that, that last drive was not good. Um, quarterback wasn't great. He missed a lot of like short passes, which I don't think would have really made a difference anyway. Yeah. But wait, just off. A lot of these short passes. Like Jesus Christ, dude, he's right there. Yeah, pick up a couple yards. Like, and he's missing them. Like so, the the man, first the fun. first drive of the game, this you know they they threw three passes to start and it was incomplete on all of them. Feeling one was behind him. Uh, the second down play, I just remember seeing like, oh, Kyle Rudolph's open in the middle of the field and Kirk doesn't see him. And it's like, okay, that's that's not good. Uh, yeah, he was off. He was 19 to 38, but you know he didn't turn the ball over, so that's good. But you know they couldn't well, get. He had three touchdowns, no turnovers. Yep, yep. and he, that was without feeling. You know, for all but one drive. So I mean, and and Diggs only had one catch for four yards. Laquan played well. Uh, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph had some nice catches. You you got to keep going with the screen game. Uh, and that's something that they didn't do in the first half. Second half was great, but you know, they throw a screen on the second drive. This was after they had gotten a touchdown on the fumble on the fumbled kickoff, and then forced Kansas City to punt. And they're driving again, and they get an ineligible man downfield penalty. And by all indications, how it was told to me, you know, from, from texts from people. That was a very bad call, and Dean Bland. No, he was he was down the field. Dean Blandino said it was a bad call, though. Yeah. You know, like the, there was the, the one pass interference. I'm like, if this is ever going to get overturned, yes, this is it. Yeah, on and the it took a long time. I'm like, what are you looking at? I I think what they were looking at there was the time and where the ball was. I don't think it was necessarily like yeah. trying to figure out was this pass interference or not. I think they were trying to get everything else set up. I saw a pass interference call during this Dallas Giants game last night mm-hmm. where they didn't call it. The Giants reviewed it, and they didn't change it, even though, to me, it seemed pretty clear the Cowboys defender got there early and was all over the back of the Giants guy. He got there a little early, but I look at that, and the ball's not there, and he's on his back. I mean, that's pass interference, and they didn't overturn it. Yeah. like, this has been bad. It's been a bad year for the referees. It's been a bad year for the NFL. I mean, the the officials yeah. have been put in a very bad position. I think it, I blame Al Riveron more than anything. I like the call. They call on Treadwell. Yeah. That's interference? Yeah, that, that was bad. What the fuck was he looking at? I don't know. There wasn't anything there. How could you possibly call that if you're looking at that? If you are looking exactly at that in real time, it's not like the the defender didn't slip. Did he? He didn't slip. No. He he just ran by him. Yeah. There was contact, and he just ran by him. He was wide open. I don't know if he thought, shit, this guy's wide open. Something must have happened. And you look at the replay, and it's like, oh, my God. So it's, it's the simple plays, the simplest of plays mm-hmm. that... That you look at it like, what? Agreed. So this is bad. Even some replays, they're like, well, they got to change this, and they don't. So I don't like it. No. Um, no, the NFL has I a credibility can't. issue. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, that's just part of the deal now. It's the bad calls. They've lost three games. <clears throat> it's the worst three games they've played, they've lost. 
And they've been by a combined, uh, let me see if I have this right, 18 points. So it's not like they're losing by much. No, five points to Green Bay, which was a terrible quarter, and they dominated the rest of that game. Yep. Bears game was awful, and this Chiefs game was winnable. So Packers bailed them out because, by all means, the Packers should have wrapped up the division last week, but for Christ's sake, they couldn't beat the Chargers. Yep. So it keeps the Vikings alive there. Uh, I look at it. Um, I think you got to go ten and six here to, to make it. The Eagles are there. I don't consider them a serious threat. The Panthers are there. I don't know if I if you consider the Panthers a serious threat. Not really. I think it's the Vikings and the Rams for the last, uh, Seattle. Seattle's going to get that wild card, and I, I think it comes down to the Vikings and the Rams. Yep. For that six seed. And I don't think uh, Seattle's very good. I'll be perfectly honest with you. They struggle. Seattle, they struggle with every team except the one game they played Arizona and they won 27 to 10. They, they're not impressive. Like their point differential went plus 18. Yeah, it's not good. So, I mean, they've got you know, Russell Wilson, maybe MVP at the moment, but... It's going to come down to maybe, because uh, they don't play each other, the Rams and the Vikings. And I think it's going to come down to a conference record, maybe a tiebreaker if they're both 10 and 6. And right now the Vikings uh, have lost two in the conference. The Rams have lost three. So I look at this schedule. I think the Vikings are better than Dallas, but I, I just can't pick this team to win a road game at the moment. Yep, agreed. I just can't. Against, uh, against a 500 team, I just can't. So that, that would be a third conference loss. Seattle would be a fourth conference loss. You're still fine. Beat the Bears at the end of the year. It's that Packers game. If you beat the Packers, I think you're, you're in the playoffs. Yep. So yep. Agreed. Six. Denver is seven. The Lions are eight. The Bears are nine. The Chargers are ten. Yep. Uh, that Green Bay game's the difference. If you get 11, if you get 11 and five, you're in the playoffs. Mm. Yep. If you go, if you go ten and six and you got five conference losses, I don't know. You got the Rams. Um, and the Rams they've lost three conference games already, and uh, you're a game better than they are, right? Yep. And they got to play Seattle again. They have to play San Francisco twice. No, one one more time, and that's in San Francisco. Uh, They've got to be at Dallas. So again, the Rams. You have, I mean, they got between the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and even to lose all of those games. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's going to be tough. I yep. think it's going to be the tiebreaker of tiebreakers between the Rams, and, and they both might have five conference losses. Then after that, I don't know. Wasn't it cool to uh, see Lamar Jackson run all over the Patriots? That was good. Didn't see a whole lot of it, but I would imagine that'll be your AFC title game. What what was it? Yeah, a couple of the early on in the season, it was Chiefs Baltimore. Yep, yep. That That was was the that was the only game the Chiefs had won at home prior to Sunday when they beat the Vikings. That would be out. So it's I mean it's very difficult to win. For the Chiefs at Arrowhead, apparently. Um, so that's, I would prefer to see Baltimore, Kansas City. 
in the conference title game, but it'll probably be New England. Because I'm sure it'll be New England. They've got to beat, like, the Colts to get to the title game again or some shit like that. So, yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson, you should play wide receiver or you should just stay a quarterback and run for, like, 1,400 yards. So, um, I'd like to see him finish, like, probably, he'll probably be in the, at least the top 10 in rushing. So that'll be great. And, um, yeah, Baltimore, New England, I suppose. And I guess another side, Kansas City, uh, and and I, you know what, I've I've been doubting Houston, but I can't doubt Deshaun Watson any longer. He's a great quarterback. Yes. Uh, on the other side, you got the Packers, you got the Niners, you got the Saints, um, got the Vikings. Man, man, I, I mean, I just can't see that team winning a road game. Right. Well, They're they, gonna have to win three of them. They did beat Detroit and. Uh, and the Giants, for what it's worth. No, yeah, none of these teams are any good. None of these teams. Are Detroit's playoffs. better this year good. than in years past. This is a better. Yeah, I, when, when was the last time they beat a team on the road? Worth a damn. Um, I, it sure as hell wasn't this year. When the hell was it last year? Yeah. They didn't beat Green Bay. They didn't beat the Bears. Yeah, they tied Green Bay. Uh, let's see. They beat Detroit on the road to. Detroit, no, the I can't. They beat they beat the Eagles last year, yes. twenty three twenty one. Yep. I mean that's they beat the Eagles last year. That was one one road game they won. Year before that, they beat Green Bay. Green Bay wasn't good. They didn't have their quarterback. They won at Atlanta fourteen to nine. That was an impressive game, though. Oh, yeah. Because they limited that Falcons offense. Just the road. I don't know why it's so difficult. The road is so difficult. I know. That's why they should have beat Kansas City. And that black cat on... Uh, did you hear Kevin Harlan's call regarding the black oh, cat? Oh, yeah. I saw that. He's the best. He's the best there is. It's just phenomenal. Phenomenal stuff by Kevin Harlan. Uh... Black Cat I, I, on the field. I, I assume we're playing Green Bay in the playoffs. That's what I'm going with right now. Okay. I fully expect to play the Packers, which would be fine with me. I think we can beat them. Yep. Agreed. I fully expect to play uh, play the Packers uh, in the playoffs. So. Okay. Um. Finally, final thing that I have. Pierre beats Beerfish 103 to nothing last week in high school football <laughs> in the state of South Dakota. Some people have issues with this. Others, like you and Matt Zimmer, don't. I'm with you guys. You know what? This is a uh, situation that the South Dakota High School Football Association put themselves in uh, with ridiculous conference, you know, the, the classes and all this bullshit. Um you know what? Maybe you, maybe Spearfish shouldn't have been in the playoffs. And you know what? Maybe they should just stop Pier. Let's just try that for once. So, um, you know what? I do not have an issue with this, but this is certainly garnering some attention. And maybe now things will get changed. I don't know for sure if they will or not. But um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll lend you the floor. What, what are you? What are your exact thoughts on this? I wrote about a thousand words the week before this happened about 
other stuff, similar stuff, but just about have it being more competitive. Um, <clears throat> there's one too many round of playoffs. I think there's going to be a mercy rule. All the other classes have it except the top two, and they cite travel because Spearfish doesn't want to go to Pier or uh, the Rapid City schools don't want to come to Sioux Falls and and they don't want uh, to travel all that way and then play a half football. Right. But it's like, well, if, if that's the problem and you don't want a mercy rule and you don't want to travel eight, nine hour drives <clears throat> both ways total to, to play, you know, uh, an hour of football, then change the competitiveness of this. Um, people want to get rid of one of the nine-man classes, which is fine with me, I don't care. My idea for the 11, there's four 11-man football classes, and there are 58 teams, I believe, among the four classes. The top one has 10, which I'm fine with. It's mm-hmm. not a lot of teams, but it's 10. I have a problem with 11 AA having eight teams. That's a problem. Eight teams in an entire class. 11A has 15. 11B has 20-some. Mm-hmm. My idea is to combine 11A and 11 AA. That would give you 23 teams. That's my idea. Uh, for the, I think for the first time really ever, Double A played A this year, and it was about 500. Del Rapids beat Pier, or excuse me, Del Rapids beat Mitchell. Sioux Falls Christian beat Mitchell. Canton beat some teams. Uh, <clears throat> Tri Valley beat uh, Huron. Okay. Huron, supposedly the third best team in 11A. And Tri Valley beat them. Tri Valley at five and four. So there's not any difference, I don't believe. Outside of the Piers are the best team. Brookings is the second best. Everybody else is the same. It also doesn't help that Douglas, Spearfish, and Sturgis, all these West River teams, are in Double A. This doesn't help the matter either. No. So, no, we've often said that South Dakota is behind the times in lots of things. You know. Yes. Uh, and this would certainly seem to be a case where they're behind the times. But I feel like we've talked about this for several years now. There's always an outlier game. And you're like, oh, this will forget, you know, get them to change stuff. And it, and it never does. So, I, you know, I think you need to, to get rid of some of these classes you know, person. Yeah. You know, personally, you know, merge some schools, something because there's no way. How many classes are there in you know football? Six, or seven, seven. I mean, that's ridiculous for a, a state of five hundred thousand people. I mean, we're about almost nine hundred. I mean, it's it's less than one thousand. It's less than one hundred thousand people per class. I mean, that's just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so five, five would be better. I think five, three, three for eleven man and two for nine man. I think would be better. And five you, class, and you know what? If the West River schools don't want to play, you know Sioux Falls and you know and Impier and all this, then you know what? Then drop football. Get rid of football if you aren't going to do it. And you know, 
I I don't under I I just don't get it. And you're more plugged into the you know because you're right there than I am. But I I gotta say like you know, stop the bitching and just play the teams for crying out loud and stop them. That's all you have to do. Stop them. And, and the thing about it is, Spearfish should not be playing football against Pier. Or at least, I mean, they, they, they played a, a month ago, I think it was like 72 to nothing. So they played them twice this year. They beat them 175 to nothing uh, in, in the two games. Spearfish was 0-10. They scored 23 points all year. They were shut out seven of their 10 games. It's like, no. Relegation with soccer, the only thing I like about soccer is the relegation part of it. That's another aspect. I mean, this is going way too far for a state that is way behind the times. All I'm asking and all I expect is a 50-point mercy rule or a running clock in the second half, let alone combining two classes of teams, let alone relegation where your, your champ goes up a class and your bottom team goes down a class. That's something that will never, ever happen. But it should uh, for just me being more competitive. And the thing about it is, I mean, again, it's these West River schools yep. that are always bad at football. You look at I, <clears throat> the best playoff system of all of these is 11A. They changed it a couple of years ago. 11A has 15 teams. The top eight make the playoffs. Uh, Del Rapids, if you know where Del Rapids is at. Yep. T is right by Sioux Falls. You know where T is at. Yes. Canton. Canton. Yes. 20, 20 miles south of Sioux Falls or so. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Ohio. <laughs> oh, yes. Canton, Ohio. They're a bit out of the region, but they somehow make it to the games every week. Lennox, just south of Sioux Falls. Madison, uh, north of Sioux Falls. Dakota Valley, that's where, uh, down by Sioux City, Tri-Valley, just outside of Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. West Central, in Hartford. All of these, all of those eight teams, they're in a little geographic uh, thing just north or just south of Sioux Falls. There's uh, a bit of a geographic footprint there. Del Rapids, fairly close to Madison. Lenox, pretty close to, to West Central. West Central, very close to Tri-Valley. Not much geographic difference there. Meanwhile, the teams on the bottom of 11A are Custer and Todd County and Pine Ridge. This is shit. These are garbage. This is shit teams here. West Central got the eight seed. You know what happened with West Central? They beat Del Rapids. Previously unbeaten Del Rapids, a great upset for them. West Central got into the playoffs with a three and six record. They got in over Custer, who was six and three. West Central, three games worse, but their power points and seed points were the same because West Central played a much difficult schedule than Custer. West Central played Pier and lost 46-6. to They played uh, Del Rapids two weeks ago and lost 14 to nothing. They played Canton, who was at 7-2. and They played P, who was at 7-2. and They played Custer the first game of the year. That ended up being the tiebreaker. They beat Custer 42-28. to So even though West Central won three games and Custer won six, the tiebreaker was at the head, and nobody is going to fucking argue that Custer at six wins deserves it more than West Central at three because it's fucking stupid because there's no comparison. How do you think Custer would have done against El Rapids? No, not a damn thing. Yeah, So. No. 
However, I mean, it do, it, however, it does speak, you know, to the fact that you have a three and sixteen make the playoffs. Like that's again where the system is, I think, broken. You need to, I, I don't know. There's got to be some sort of cutoff. But I agree with you that West Central is better than Custer. There, there's no argument. There, there was no team that didn't make it in eleven A that should have. Right. And West Central made it. They were the last team in, and what did they do? They beat the Rapids. Yep. 16-13. It wasn't like it was a fluke. They played them two weeks ago and lost 14 to nothing. Right. Competitive game. Yep. <clears throat> and, you know, Spearfish, a double-A school, and a lot of it has to do with the enrollment. It all has to do with enrollment. And uh, that's all what the classes are based on, enrollment. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be based on more than that. If a school has 100 or 120 boys grades 9 through 11, I am okay with them playing a school like Mitchell that has three times as many students or two and a half, 250 boys. I'm fine with that. They've shown this year that those teams with 100 students are as good, if not better, than the teams and the schools with 250. So enrollment is part of it, but there's no reason why those teams can't be in the same class playing against each other right no very good points made there and good and uh, good luck to west central taking on lennox this week yes. a trip to the dome um i drove no. by we drove no. what no dome is under renovation usd still playing there the games next week will be in brookings, brookings. oh well better yet uh, was it? I thought they did that last year. It was I. I did not. Okay, never mind then. Never mind. Well, on the road to Dana Dykehouse Stadium. Uh, yeah. Good luck to West Central there, and uh, yeah, football season winding down. Spearfish coach resigned today. Hmm. So there's that. Spearfish coach Spear, I think Spear resigned two I don't know a lot about this game. I couldn't see a box score. I couldn't see many stories. Apparently, it was seventy-five nothing at half. Mark just said it was twenty-eight to nothing, like in ninety seconds. I don't know how that's possible, but I mean, it's one hundred and three. And, and <clears throat> Mitchell's got to play them this week, and they're going to get shit knocked out of them. They played here a couple weeks ago at home, and they lost seventy-five to seven. And by all means, if Pierre wanted to score 100 points in that game, they, they, they could have. Because mm-hmm. it was 55 nothing at halftime. So, this, this is not a... This is not just unique to Spearfish. They beat Mitchell, who's not great, but they beat Mitchell by 60 points. And they beat Brookings, the other best team. Brookings has one loss. It was to, it was to Pierre, and it was by 50 points. Oh, so, my gosh. Pierre beating everybody. Everybody's like, oh, they should... <clears throat> petition off the nation played the Sioux Falls schools. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. It's like, they might be good now, but I, maybe they got a lot of seniors. I don't know how good they're going to be next year. They may win the state title next year. <clears throat> Are they going to be this good? No. So it's like, you take these things one year at a time just because you're kicking everybody's ass this year doesn't necessarily mean that you can play with the Sioux Falls schools every year. So, Right, right. We'll see how it goes. Uh, do you add anything else before we say so long on this marathon edition? I'm very disappointed in Kurt Suzuki and his 
shit that he did. What did he do? Google, you got a computer next to you. I'll just uh, put it, do it on my phone Google, here. Google Kurt Suzuki. Trump basically molested him yesterday. But the, the, the Nationals going to the White House and all that, so disappointed in, in the players that uh, went there. Rendon didn't go. About a half dozen other players didn't go. Sean Doolittle. What the hell? I'm looking at what the hell kind of photo is this? Was he hugging him? Yeah. <laughs> that was where he didn't go. He didn't say much. He was up there for maybe 20 seconds. So, um, Sean Doolittle, their closer, he had, he was actually born in Rapid City. I didn't know that. I mean, he stayed here very uh, often. But he had um, some, just, if I could find these quotes from Sean Doolittle, he, uh, just the things that he said and why he declined um, the invites. That he wanted to be yeah. there with his teammates, but in the end, he, he did. I don't know if you saw those. He, said I, he just couldn't do it. I saw that he wasn't going to go there. I didn't think they were doing it so soon. I mean, that's. I don't know. It's there. I don't know. Because it's there in D.C. and they've got everybody there already, and they just want to get it done with. Because every other team that's ever won. It's usually sometime in the summer or in the June, sometime in June or when they're playing Washington or if they're close by. But it, it is quite remarkable that like the president has nothing going on that he can spend half a day with with the Nationals. Like there, there was nothing on his schedule. But you have to bring him on. They bring him on for a couple of hours. Obviously, he's got nothing to do with watch TV all day long. So. Um, Sean Doolittle, he said, people say you should go because it's about respecting the office of the president. But he said, I think over the course of his time in office, Trump's done a lot of things that maybe don't respect the office. He says, I don't want to hang out with someone who talks like that. He, uh, Doolittle said he has a brother-in-law with autism. And God, Trump, he mocked the guy. Yes, I did see that. Yep. So, uh, Doolittle said, how would I explain that to him that I hung out with somebody who mocked the way that he talked or the way he moved his hands? He says, I can't get past that stuff. And that's how I feel. It's like, enough of this. And we're what? It was, what, yesterday? It's going to be the one year out from the election next year, so we're a year out. And I hope he loses. And, you know, no, the whole thing just been here. So, yeah, I'm reading uh, Christine Brennan's um, opinion or her column in USA Today, and it's. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about it more as it, it gets closer. It but <clears throat> I saw something about just this these past couple of years of how, like, people believe what he says and he lies all the time mm-hmm. like how did we get to the point of like things just aren't real like people are saying things that are just not true and they believe them like same things were released today about some guy that testified about you know something with Ukraine and all that and if you read it it's very bad for Trump 
But then the Republicans read it, or those who support them, and say, oh, this is good, this exonerates him, this is good, he, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, how do we get there when something is so black and white? It's like something is so clear-cut. It's like, yeah, this is obviously bad for him. But they, they look at it like, no, this is good, this is good, he, he didn't do anything. He goes out there and says, yep, this got released, and this is good for me, and this shows I didn't do anything wrong, when in fact it, it shows the complete opposite. I don't know I don't know how, how we got there, or how that changes, or it'd be like watching the Viking game on Sunday and saying, yeah, everything was very, everything was great, everything was fine, offensive line was good, running game was good, quarterback was excellent, special teams was great, they lost the game, but it's like, there's certain things that are just black and white that people are, are they just say the complete opposite. I don't. I don't understand how what happened. I don't know. I I don't know either. I, I don't know. Like you can just go out there and you can just say, "Yep, it's good. This is fine." But it is. It's not. It's like I don't know in what other business or what other realm of life like this is normal or this makes any sense. Probably happens more than we care to realize or think about. Maybe not. It's it's, it's ridiculous. I, it's a, I, I don't, so. Yeah. So I'm good. Good for Sean Doolittle for for not doing that. Right. And okay. shame on Kirk Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your week. Stay warm, and uh, we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joined us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time, as always. Great stuff there. Uh, so, national championship or final four picks: at Michigan State, Florida, Kentucky, North Carolina. Travis says Michigan State, Memphis, VCU, and Oregon. I have Michigan State winning it all. He has Oregon over Memphis. Great stuff there. We'll, we'll talk plenty of college basketball throughout the season. We will talk some more college football here. I'm going to get Charlie Hildebrand on here in a little bit uh, to discuss you know the the college football playoff rankings in greater detail uh or you know more thoughts on it so we're going to switch things up on the podcast this week and we'll uh actually take a look at what happened in week nine in the nfl and make some picks for week 10 uh started halloween night san francisco 49ers improved to 8-0 with a 28-25 win over the arizona cardinals Jimmy Garoppolo over 300 yards uh, passing four touch and four passing touchdowns. He did very well. The, the 49ers defense wasn't great, but they did enough. Uh, the, Jimmy Garoppolo bailed him out well, a couple of times to get the win. Sunday, the last game in London for the year, the Jaguars, who always make the trip to London, eh, Gardner Minshew and company didn't look very good. They lose 26-3 to Deshaun Watson and the Texans. The Texans, very good win for them. They uh, keep pace with the Colts. It's going to be a very intriguing division. The Jaguars aren't out of it. Nick Foles is going to start here in a couple weeks, but this is not a good look for them. Jacoby Brissett gets injured early in this con- in the contest against the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers ultimately prevail with a 26-24 win over the Colts, and that's because Adam Vinatieri really shanked a field goal to the left. I mean, it was bad. Very, very bad. 
Uh, Steelers probably should have won more comfortably than this, but they do get the win and have now won three straight games. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chicago Bears 22-14. Trubisky had nine passing yards in the first 23 minutes of this game. He's terrible. Eagles get a nice home win there. Now one two in a row. Hey, congrats to the Dolphins. I think they won their first game of the year, 26-18 over the hapless Jets. I think they weren't trying to win. I'm sure the front office is a little upset that they won because they want that first pick. Now that belongs to the Bengals. I don't know what, what else to say about this game. Garbage game. Yuck. Christian McCaffrey, three touchdowns as the Carolina Panthers beat the Tennessee Titans, 30-20. to A big game for him. And uh, Kyle Allen, the starting quarterback for the Panthers, will be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year as Cam Newton was placed on IR with a bad foot. Buffalo Bills beat Washington 24-9. A good bounce back win for the Bills. Washington's offense is absolutely dreadful. Vikings lose to the Chiefs 26-23. Uh, very fun game there in Kansas City. A uh, uh, lot of Vikings fans there. Like I said, I estimate about 25,000. School chants were going on. Uh, Vikings should have won this game, but uh, Harrison Butker. 54-yard field goal to tie. 42-yard field goal or whatever to win. And the uh, Chiefs get their second win at Arrowhead of the year, 26-23. Seattle fell behind to Tampa Bay 21-7. James Winston was playing very well for the Bucs. Russell Wilson leads the Seahawks back. Russell throws for five touchdowns. Seahawks beat the Bucs in overtime 40-34. Raiders played their first game in Oakland since week two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were excited about it in the black hole. They ultimately beat the Detroit Lions 31-24. Uh, Josh Jacobs over 100 yards and two rushing touchdowns for the Raiders, so that was a big win for them. One of the stunners of the day, the Chargers beating the Green Bay Packers handedly 26-11. The Packers didn't have any offense in the first half. Really, the first three quarters, they score 11 points, but the game wasn't nearly as close as the final score indicates. The Chargers whooped them. Denver upsets Cleveland 24-19 behind some guy named Brandon Allen. What the hell happened to the Cleveland Browns? What's going on, Baker Mayfield? Freddie Kitchens. Like, Kitchens is gone after this year. And then they have to figure out if Mayfield's their starting quarterback. I don't know. The Browns are just uh, so brownian. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, what a game by him. What a game by the Ravens. They're 11-0 at home in primetime since 2011. They beat the Patriots 37-20, and they did it rather convincingly. Like They got out to a 17-0 lead. The Patriots kind of came back, and then a defensive touchdown right away in the third quarter. Helped kind of push things away, and Patriots couldn't recover. And then the Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants 37-18, trailing 9-3. Cowboys were driving. A black cat ran onto the field. Was it going to be bad luck for the Cowboys or bad luck for the Giants? Eh, bad luck for the Giants. Cowboys outscoring 34-9 the rest of the way. Kevin Harlan's call from Westwood One Radio. You have to hear it. It is fantastic. Google it. You won't be disappointed. That's a look at Week 9. Let's go to Week 10. Make some early picks. Thursday Night Football, the L.A. Chargers at the Los Angeles... L.A. Chargers at the Oakland Raiders, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. This should be a great game. Chargers playing well. The Raiders playing decent as well. I'm going to go with the Chargers, though. 
think they can get it done in Oakland. And then on Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. With or without Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are better than the Titans. They have more firepower on offense than the Titans. They will beat the Tennessee Titans. Arizona Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I want to pick the Cardinals to win this game, but I think Jameis Winston and Bruce Bruce Arians wants to beat his old team. I think Jameis Winston will play okay, and I think the Bucs squeak out the victory. New York Giants at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Giants are the road team in this game. Even though both play at the Meadowlands, the Jets are atrocious, an abomination, an embarrassment right now. Go with Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones? Either way, go with the Giants. Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. It was Falcons stink. Who knows if Matt Ryan's going to play in this one. New Orleans is going to roll. Buffalo Bills at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. I'm giving you one more chance, Cleveland, to get it together. One more chance. you got to beat the Bills. I mean, this is a game that you have to win. You should have beat Denver. You didn't. Just beat Buffalo. Just do it. Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Listen, the Bengals are winless. A bye week wasn't going to help them. The Ravens are going to kill them. Lamar Jackson and company doing work. Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Listen, I don't think that, uh, you know, Trubisky just is in a rut right now. The Bears' offense is terrible. The Lions' defense isn't bet much better, but their offense is clicking right now. Take the Lions over the Bears. Get on the road win. Miami Dolphins at the Indianapolis Colts, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Even if it's Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback, the Colts are much better than the Dolphins. They will get that win over Miami. Don't overthink it. The LA Rams at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Steelers aren't as good as their 4-4 four four record indicates. I don't think the Rams are that great either, but they'll get the win in this one fairly easily. Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I love Christian McCaffrey. He's going to get his touchdowns. He's going to get his touches. I want Carolina to beat Green Bay. They're not going to. The Packers, well, a bounce back win, a statement win after last week's debacle. Sunday Night Football, Minnesota Vikings at the Dallas Cowboys, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I don't think Adam Thielen's going to play in this game. That doesn't bode well for the Vikings. I will take the Cowboys reluctantly, and hopefully the Vikings can prove me wrong. And then Monday Night Football, Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I don't think the Seahawks are as good as their 7-2 record indicates. I don't think the 49ers are necessarily as great as their 8-0 record indicates. But they'll win this one. They'll improve to 9-0. Eagles, Patriots, Washington, Denver, Jacksonville, and Houston all on the bye this week. And those are your picks for Week 10. The official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stack Attack. That's sportsblog.com on our Football Friday post. Well, they got that out of the way. Let's talk some college football. Get some more reaction to the college football playoff. Maybe play some games. Do it with Charlie Hildebrand. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. 
can be found on podcast.com. Also on Twitter, follow me at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast. Post the middle to later part of each week. But coming up next, college football playoff ranking reaction. Charlie Hildebrand. It's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, and, you know, the first college football playoff rankings of the season have come out. Here with more insight and more of a breakdown. Pleased to be joined by my good friend, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. It's snowing here today in Sheldon. It's the first time it's snowed since I moved here, so I'm kind of sad about that. But other than that, I'm pretty good. You know what? Uh, I haven't seen any snow yet, really, this year. Any certain, like, measurable amount. Uh, it's kind of yeah, weird. We should have talked about this before we went on. I've heard, I've, I've heard, have you moved yet? Or yes. Are you yep. Worse? Yep. We're in okay. St. Cloud. Yep. I thought you had, but I couldn't remember if you had officially done it yet. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's been snow to the south and snow to the north and a little snow to the west or the east. Really snow all directions. We just haven't gotten any yet. So uh, it's coming, but just hasn't uh, happened yet. Yeah, from one game of Thrones fan to another, I can certainly tell you that winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, you know, I don't think they want snow in Minnesota for the weekend. Um, that's where the Golden Gophers and the Penn State Nittany Lions will play noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ABC. We'll get to that game in a moment, but the rankings did just come out. Penn State. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that thought that the committee would rank them at five, maybe six. And I think they were, they were pleasantly surprised that Penn State was ranked in the top four. Ohio State was one, LSU two, Alabama three. And then uh, Clemson is the five, and the fifth-ranked team, uh, rounding out the top five there. What did you make of the initial unveiling of the rankings? All right, before I say anything, I've got to preface it with this, and we have to do this every year, that all these teams, or maybe not all of them, but most of them are going to lose, and that's going to change things. So the stuff right now is very fluid. But, I mean, I don't really have any issues with what it is so far, at least not at the top. I mean, if we want to start going. Top you know, top four teams all play one another. So, I mean, it's going to work itself out yeah, just fine. not just do. They do it this weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. LSU and Alabama play this weekend, and then Ohio State, play, Penn State play in a couple weeks. Minnesota, yep. Who's, yeah, but then then I guess I don't know. The, the biggest thing I thought, and I would imagine you probably would maybe have some thoughts on this if we get to that in a bit. But that you know, Baylor's undefeated and Minnesota's undefeated, and it's like is, is Baylor really that much better than Minnesota is? But right. I would. I mean, and, and they might be. I mean, I think I've seen one Minnesota game and half of one Baylor game this year because, you know, until recently, you know, I was working on Saturday. Right. But, yeah. I will say this. Baylor has the more impressive win at Kansas State, which looks better and better with the fact that Kansas State beat Oklahoma. But then... That's true. I watched that game and I'd already forgotten that (laughs) Oklahoma lost Kansas State. But then, on the flip side, Baylor barely beats West Virginia by three and... I'd, I'll pull up their non-conference uh, schedule, but to me, I and it, we're splitting hairs at this point because Minnesota's is nothing to write home about. South Dakota State at Fresno State and Georgia Southern, but compared to 
the gauntlet that Baylor went through, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, and then a road game at Rice. I mean, let's be fair here. We don't really know too much about Baylor. Uh, they barely escaped by Iowa State. They, they were taken a double overtime by Texas Tech. Uh, I guess maybe their best win outside of Kansas State would have been their road win at Oklahoma State. They have very impressive road wins. They have been uninspired like in their other games. So, I mean, if they win, they keep winning. You know, they play Oklahoma next week. That'll work itself out. Uh, and they'll probably play Oklahoma again in the Big 12 championship game. But um, I don't know. I thought Minnesota was a little underranked there at or underseeded there at 17. But they haven't played anyone either. I mean, could you can yeah, make teams exactly played the 27 Yankees? Exactly, and so and, and the other thing too, though, is that I mean, regardless of where they are now, they both have their shots. If they go, if they win the rest of their games, they're going to be in the playoff. In fact, if they lose one game but are still able to win their division and win their conference. It's not guaranteed, but you pretty good chance you're probably going to be in the playoff too that way. I I did hear some chatter in the, the, the aftermath of the rankings being unveiled. And just let me see if you, if you agree with this. If Minnesota wins out, they're in the playoff for sure because that would mean they would have taken out Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin and Ohio State. If Baylor wins out, they that means they would have taken out Oklahoma, a, a top ten ranked Oklahoma team once, but then Oklahoma would suffer another loss. So let's say they play Oklahoma again in the Big Twelve championship game. Well, Oklahoma at that point is going to be ranked like fifteen to twenty, maybe somewhere in that range. I don't think necessarily that an undefeated Baylor team could surpass maybe a one-loss Georgia team, an undefeated Clemson team, an undefeated Ohio State team, uh, LSU and stuff. So I think Baylor needs a little bit more help to get in than just being undefeated. Is What what are your you thoughts on that? You right. I don't think that's the case. I mean, until we see it, I'm not going to ever assume that an undefeated Power 5 champion is going to get left out. It hasn't happened so far. I mean, Florida State looked incredibly mediocre most of the first year of the playoff and struggled in all sorts of games and didn't exactly play a murderer's row of the schedule. Um, I don't remember how good Clemson. I think Clemson was good that year, but other than that, didn't have a whole lot of other great wins from what I remember. And I think they were fourth, but still got in. You know, undefeated Notre Dame without a conference championship got in last year. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think certainly if you want to say doomsday scenario where there's like five or six undefeated teams, then yeah, I think they were scheduled coming to play then. But I, I don't think undefeated teams are going to get left out. Now, based off what you said, if Baylor drops, I don't remember the rest of their schedule, but if they lose a game They're not done. to Oklahoma but to somebody else but still play in the conference title game, I think it's possible still with one loss that Baylor could get in, but they would need a lot of help. And it's, I think they would be, and it's weird to say this now because everyone thought Pac-12 was the most dead conference, but I think Baylor, with the losses, maybe the most unlikely undefeated or one loss team as of right now to make the playoff. Absolutely, Baylor schedule this week. They're at TCU. They are home to Oklahoma next week, home to Texas. 
the week after, and then at Kansas. So uh, TCU's got uh, – they've had a couple of quarterbacks leave the program. So, you know, they could be in a little bit of disarray there. Uh, we'll see what Oklahoma can do. Texas, um, a big disappointment so far from them. And then Kansas, they're feisty, but they just got the doors blown off by Kansas State in the in the Sunflower game. So yeah, if you if, if you think you're good enough to make the playoff, you shouldn't have to be worrying about Kansas at all. Right, uh, but Baylor certainly playing well. Uh, mentioned Minnesota's run, you know what they can do. Uh, what other what other things kind of stood out to you in the rankings? I mean, the fact that Oklahoma State I think was ranked in there and they have three losses that's kind of a, a shocker. But what else uh, stood out to you from the initial unveiling of the rankings? A couple of things. One of the biggest is that it used to be in the olden days, especially before the BCS. Um, that basically it was just the AP and the coaches pull, and once you get your spot, you basically stay there unless you lose or barely beat some truly dreadful team. And it just kind of was like, well, that's where you are. And that in the uh, the college football the college football playoff rankings, they shift much more. And also, they truly don't care about the AP and the coaches pull at all. And that I think it's. Uh, I think either either Ohio State or LSU should have been number one, and they're the top two teams, so I think that's fair. I think Ohio State's probably looked the most impressive, but it has a much, I mean, it had a good resume, but much better now after they beat Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. Yep. But I think LSU probably has the best resume, period, of any team. Well, they haven't lost, and they've got, I think, at least three really, really good wins. I mean, you know, Texas maybe isn't as good of a win as people thought at the time, but it's still a quality win. Yep. Then you throw in Auburn and Florida. Uh, and I think it, one of the, I, I don't remember, I know Texas was on the road, and I don't remember between Auburn and Florida, but I'm pretty sure at least I think Florida was on the road. Both, both games were uh, at LSU, the both SEC right, well, games. But you're right, that the, the Texas win was on the road. Well, yeah, I think that they had the best, and then I guess, I mean, maybe a little bit surprising that Penn State's ranked ahead of Clemson. I think that's more of the old-school AP poll mentality. I mean, certainly, like, we can assume that Clemson's pretty good based off what they've done the last few years, but if you look at just this year and nothing else, there's really not a lot to look at. And I mean, I, I'm not saying that, like, they're they still look good, but, you know, their best win is, I guess, Texas A&M, and it's mm-hmm. not like Texas A&M's lighting the world on fire. North Carolina looks okay at times, and they almost lost that game. Basically, everybody else, I mean, they've got they've got some okay wins, but nothing you look at. I mean, they don't have any wins as good as Penn State beating Michigan. Listen, Dabble Sweeney really likes that they're probably in this spot because he's going to play the disrespect card, and Clemson's just going to roll through any the rest of their schedule. I mean... Wake Forest is probably the only other team that can trip them up. I mean, ACC championship game is going to be an absolute joke because whoever probably, represents. There were a few years ago where they played North Carolina. North Carolina was like good, but not great, and that ended up being the game that I think Clemson had to recover an onside kick. So, I mean, I agree that they are much better than anyone else in the conference, but with eighteen to twenty two year old kids, especially where, you know, you're so much better than the rest of your opponents, sometimes you overlook things and 
Yeah, that's how Michigan State lost at Nebraska in 2015. Yep. Like, wait, this three and six Nebraska teams beat undefeated Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, I still agree with what you said. They probably uh, will slaughter whoever they play in the ACC time. And I do remember Virginia Tech gave Clemson a battle a couple years ago, but I, I just don't I don't see Clemson being really tested at all. But they'll they'll still make the college football playoff. Uh, you know, you look at the and the other thing too is if you don't have a great schedule, at least look good against it. I mean, that's basically what Ohio State did until they played Wisconsin. It was good. I mean, you know, when you're slaughtering everyone, even if it's not a great schedule, it's still like, well, I mean, at least you're taking care of business. Yep. As opposed to, I mean, not that I want to just, you know, kick dirt in Florida State's face right now, who is probably not in a great mood and just fired their coach before two full seasons. But that Florida State team in 2014 just based on like 12 regular season games, I think at seven, eight, or nine times, where it was just like, well, it's a game with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and for a defending national champion, you would think that they would be better than that. In terms of the the team from the non group of five, you know, with SMU losing last week to Memphis, all of those I I did too. And then Appalachian State losing as well. Uh, I mean, there's no team that's undefeated right now that's got that clear shot. So I mean there are multiple teams in there, Memphis, Boise State, SMU, Appalachian State. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing another one in there. I, I think we could kind of forget about UCF this year. But, I mean, we really don't have any idea or true sense as to who that team is. And really, whoever gets in, I think it's going to kind of get slaughtered by whoever they play just because there's not that one clear dominant team this year out of the non-group of five. It depends who they play, though. I mean, yep. Boise State, in the first year of the new playoff in New Year 6, Boise State had one loss and played Arizona. In the, I think I don't remember what game it was even. I think it was the Cotton Bowl. It ended up, and they ended up winning. So, I mean, it's just a, I, I, I agree that none of the group of five teams look like the, the giant slayers that some other teams in the past have. But, but we don't know who they're playing. To, I mean, if, to your point on Boise State, they did the only game they lost was when their star freshman quarterback wasn't playing. So I mean they've they've done well against every other competition. So and then I think the other interesting thing, just with all of them losing now, is that it's just it's more instead of like, well, we're gonna watch this group of five team that's you know the one or two left undefeated and see see if they keep winning. That now in some ways it's more interesting that you know. There's a whole, I mean, not every team, because, you know, some have five losses already, but, but there's a lot more now that have a shot at, at doing doing something and playing in the big money game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see what the rankings look like next week. They The top four will change because two plays three this week. Uh LSU, Alabama, and so let's just begin there with the slate of games this week. There's really three that caught, that, that are of any interest really um and two of them pit undefeated teams undefeated eight no teams it's the first time i believe ever in college football history that we've seen two eight no teams meet on the same weekend in uh you know like in november this late in the season so that first game lsu and alabama at uh 2 30 p.m central time on cbs 3 30 if you're in the mountains uh, or in Eastern time zone, I should say, one thirty if you're in the mountains. 
Um, I, I mean, this is a this is a completely different LSU team that we are seeing this year than in years past, and that makes me want to lean towards them in this one because Joe Burrows is great, Alabama's defense isn't fantastic, and if there were ever a year that LSU and Alabama should be in prime time, it should be this year, but unfortunately, it is not. But it's at LSU, right? It's at Alabama, Tuscaloosa. Or it's at Alabama. Yep. Okay. Changes things a little bit from what I was going to say. But yeah, I was. I thought it was at LSU, and I was going to say, you really, I'm sure there's LSU fans that really wish it was at night. But but since it's at Alabama, there are probably a whole lot of Tiger faithful thinking, yeah, this is this is great that it's in the afternoon. We would prefer it that way. Right. Right. Uh, what 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 are you where are you leaning at? It sounds like two is not one hundred percent, but he is going to play. But he's closer to one hundred percent than probably like sixty to seventy percent. What what are you looking at in this game? Uh, in terms of you know maybe a, a key to to remember. Uh, who are you who are you leaning towards? I mean, the biggest thing first off is there have been so many times. I mean, since that twenty eleven game where LSU won. I think it was nine to six in overtime, if yes. I remember right. Yep. And they have not beat Alabama since then. They've lost everything, including later that year in the national title game rematch. Yep. This is one of maybe one or two other times in that time frame where it's like, oh, LSU is actually good enough where they might be able to do that. There have been many years where LSU was good, and it was, oh, is LSU going to be able to do it? And it was just like, no, they're, they're not, not, not against Alabama. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but this is one of the ones where it feels like they've got a shot at it. Um, I do think it's going to be a game as opposed to some of the other ones that, you know, midway through the quarter, it's the third quarter, it's 20 to nothing, you know, in favor of Alabama and a laugher that mm-hmm. nobody cares about anymore. I think I think this is going to be higher scoring than the 9-6 to six game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout necessarily. I think it'll be kind of an old school Score-wise, an old-school SEC classic that's, you know, like 24-20 or something like that. I hope that LSU wins. I would much rather prefer that, but I just get the sense this is going to be another one of those those Alabama wins where, you know, LSU's up by three or four points with two minutes left and can't close it out with a first down, and Alabama gets the ball back and drives down the field for a touchdown to shatter everybody's hearts outside of Tuscaloosa in the United States. Yep, uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think this is an LSU team that probably should win the game because I think they are better than LS or than Alabama this year. Uh, defensively, they're better. Tua is the best quarterback, yes, and maybe Alabama has a slightly better offense. But I think LSU is a more complete team this year. They've played more difficult competition, but it's kind of like until it. You know, it's like trying to pick the Twins over the Yankees in the playoffs. Even though you think that the Twins have a better team until they beat the Yankees, you just can't do it. And until LSU proves that they can beat Alabama in a clutch situation like this, you know, this weekend, I have to go with Alabama. I want LSU to win very badly. I just don't until they do it. I can't pick them. I just can't. Another snow analogy, since it's snowing. Here. Oh, yes. As a kid, did you ever play the game King of the Mountain at school? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. So, I, I mean, this very much. I mean, you know, there, there's Clemson also, but they're obviously not in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And even though there have been a couple of times where Alabama's lost and not played in the conference title game, it's mm-hmm. not on the 
play in the title game or in the playoffs, they're still very much the king of the mountain at the SEC. And basically, until someone pushes them off, it's really, really hard to pick against them. And I mean, I'm trying to think, when's the, when's the last time that Alabama lost an SEC game? Because they, they were undefeated last year until the national title game. Um, the season before, I think they had a loss to Auburn. Well, I was at Auburn, like at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they've. I don't. I don't think they've lost a, a conference game since November of uh, 2017. So I mean, in addition to all the great streaks they're always on, and you know, winning what seems like 12 straight national titles, they've won. I don't know how many straight, at least 14 or 15 conference games right now. Yeah, and you know they're playing. I think it's tough to win in Alabama because it's a tough atmosphere. It's, you know, more so because Alabama is so great. But, I mean, when you throw in that they're at home, too, it's just it's really – it's tough to pick LSU. If if anyone can do it, you know, certainly I give you credit for it. I think that they've got the guys to actually do it this year. But I don't, I don't think the Tigers are going to be able to get it done. I'm very – It's going to make Coach O very sad. I'm just very curious to see how Joe Burrows plays. I hope he plays well. And I – like I say, I hope I hope LSU wins this week. But if one team in purple can win this week, it better be the Vikings over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, t- how about the other Minnesota team though? The Golden Gophers, they host Penn State, uh, noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ABC. Uh, I th- I think that they probably should have tried to make this a night game, but the Gophers AD was like, nope, we're not going to do a night game. Uh, maybe that would be some good exposure for them, even though it's going to be brutally cold. Big Ten teams hate playing at night in November and just like refuse to do it. Yeah, it's only the biggest game in you know like a half century for the Gophers. So I mean, why why would you not want that that more the the limelight shined on you a little bit more? I I mean, to be fair, and by to be fair, I mean side note that's not related to that. Do you think that Gary Dan's going to eat a dilly bar on the sideline again? I doubt it. I doubt it. No. No, I do not. Uh, but it will be cold, and P.J. Fleck and company will have will be ready. But this Penn State team, you know, Clifford, the starting quarterback there, they got some speed. Uh, and the, the blanket on the wide receiver's name is Harmon or something like that, Heyman. Um, he, I forget his name. He's a short, tiny guy yeah. that I think is number one and is, is really, really, really yeah. good. Yeah, he's and very, he's very fast. Uh, the Penn State's defense is good. I think the goal. I will give the Gophers a far better shot in this one than I think most people are. Most people just think that Penn State's going to roll them. I don't think that's going to be the case. But until Minnesota proves that, hey, we can beat these really good teams, we truly belong. I. I can't pick them. I got to go with with Penn State. I got to go with the team that's got the pedigree and the track record, and that's what Penn State has. You say that you give them a better shot than other people. Let's let's go percentage wise. I would uh, one yeah. to hundred. What are you putting their sh- their chances? I go high end, probably forty to forty five percent. Um, low end. So not quite, but you're going close to pick them. Then. Yes, I would say close. To, like that's the high range. That, that that's the highest I would go. Um, that's maybe more what my heart is telling me. The head is saying, yeah, it's probably maybe like a tw- you know fifteen to 20, 25 to thirty percent range. 
I'm kind of, I think I'm in that 25 to 30% range. It is in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Penn State's good on offense, but I don't think they don't have another worldly offense. They can be slowed down. Yeah, they don't have Saquon Barkley or Miles Sanders this year. Just Yeah, and in Minneapolis, you know, having, if it's a low-scoring game with, you know, the Gophers playing at home, you know, you can have, you can have weird stuff happen if it's a close game towards the end. I think certainly if it starts getting into a shootout, I think that bodes much better for Penn State, even though I said, you know, their offense is great all the time. They've got more more dudes. I mean, they've also got a pretty nasty defense, you know, most of the time too. But mm-hmm. I, I think Penn State's going to win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or like a down-to-the-wire game either. I think it's going to be close for two and a half or three quarters, and then it's just going to be, you know, like a, a turnover that leads to a touchdown or something like that. And it's going to be kind of, you know, it's going to go from a one-score game to, you know, 10 to 14 to 17 points or something like that. And it's going to be like... I don't know, some, something like 30, well, maybe not quite that high scoring. Let's say like like 31 to 17, something like that, in a game that's a, a pretty good game. But, you know, by the end, you're like, yeah, Minnesota played well, but, you know, there's a reason Penn State's ranked as high as they are because they're, they're pretty good this year. Here's the, thing with Minnesota. Here's the thing with Minnesota, though. They have two wide receivers, at least one that we'll be seeing in the pro on Sundays coming up in the near future. Um, Tyler Johnson, I believe, and then Rashad Bateman. Those guys are very good. Rodney Smith, running back, is fantastic. They have depth in, in the backfield. Uh, Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, hasn't been playing too bad. They do have some good defensive players, especially in the secondary. I believe Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, son of Antoine Winfield, Former Vikings cornerback and Buffalo Bills cornerback, uh, he's Not been. Junior. Isn't it Junior? No, it is. I was saying, but his father's not the Junior. Right, right, yeah, yep. Yes, yes. Yes, you're, you're, you're correct. <laughs> um, so they they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's not like this is a slouch Minnesota team, and they 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 really uh, got by in the non-conference schedule by the skin of their teeth. But they have played better and better as conference play has rolled on. And I think that's what's going to help them in this one. Uh, they're ready for it. You know, I'm sure there's the disappointment that college game day isn't going to be there. But maybe this is going to put that chip on their shoulder and say, hey, no, we've sh- we want to show that we belong in there. So I think people are maybe overlooking Minnesota from that standpoint of being able to hang with Penn State, but I think they do have the playmakers on both sides of the ball to be able to keep it close for a while in this game. At least that's that's what I hope. Yeah, I, mean, I think they definitely could win. I mean, I think if Penn State plays their A game, Minnesota's not going to win. But certainly, you know, you get a scenario where Minnesota plays well and Penn State just plays their B or B-plus game. I think they could definitely find a way to win. I, I think, I mean, you said that their receivers are good, and I, and I agree with that, but I think the best the best chance for Minnesota to win would be a, sort of a ball control, kill the clock, low-scoring game where they win the turnover battle yep. against, you know, a Penn State team that's kind of trying to maybe, you know, gets behind a little bit and tries to play catch-up too quickly and makes a few mistakes. And I think the, the best recipe for a Minnesota win would be to be, and granted, I'm, before I go too far with that, is, is this would be the recipe for all sorts of teams to win. So, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that 
this is unique or anything, but, you know, to be plus two in turnover margin and have, like, 210 rushing yards and just kind of find a way to, to get four or five yards of carry when you really need it, you mm-hmm. know, again, easier said than done against a, a tough Penn State defense and just – just be like, yeah, I mean, we're we're ahead by seven right now, and you guys try to play catch up, and, you know, your quarterback's out of rhythm and in the cold in the Big Ten in November. And but, but something like, I don't know, like 17-14 or 20-17, I think that would be the recipe for Minnesota winning, which would then be, I don't know, per, perhaps their biggest win in either of our lifetimes in football. Would, I, I, I'm, you're probably more familiar with Yeah. The, the history of Gophers football, you know, from the mid '80s on, than I am. There's, yes, there's not I, much there. <laughs> I mean, they, they've had some good wins. I mean, I don't want to, you know, like naysay them, but right. But beating a top five team at home when you know you're also undefeated, I, I feel confident he would be the best either of our ones. Absolutely. Oh, without question, without question. The other game of note: uh, Iowa taking on Wisconsin. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox. That is a de facto elimination game from my standpoint from for the Big Ten West contention. Uh, it's, it's hard for me not to pick Wisconsin to win this one. I think they're going to beat Iowa. I don't think Iowa's all that impressive. Who are you leaning towards in this matchup? I'm leaning towards Wisconsin. I, I, I would give Iowa a bit more credit than you are. I mean, I, I don't think they're great, but I think they're good and certainly could win, but I mean, outside of, you know, they, they lost, or Ohio State lost handily to, or sorry, Wisconsin lost handily to Ohio State, but, I mean, that's basically what everybody's done this year when they play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I don't know what happened in the Illinois game. I think that was a weird, fluky thing, but I think Wisconsin's still plenty good, and I think it will be a, if you're a Wisconsin or an Iowa fan, you may want to watch it. If you're almost anybody else, it probably won't be very entertaining. It will be a... You know, I don't know. First one to 14 wins. It'll be a weird score with, like, safeties and missed PATs. I think think Wisconsin wins, like, 13 to 11. Oh. You're just like, I don't even know what happened there. I'll go 15-6. We we ran for for 240 yards rushing, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. No, I got 57 carries. You're like, oh, well, I mean, that's still good, but not as good as I thought initially. I'll go 15-6 Wisconsin over Iowa. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was good. I think Wisconsin's just better. I can't have you on and not play the game that America loves. Uh, you know, it's it's time for bull bound or not, uh, and it's brought to you by. Dr. Pepper's Fansville. I wish I wish that was the sponsor of this epic game. Unfortunately, it is not. But Rich Mond in Virginia says, keep playing this. Would love to listen to it every day. Uh, Charlottesville in Virginia as well says, hey, I love it. Uh, keep keep doing your thing. in Iowa. Yes, yes. Sheldon in Iowa is... Uh, Sheldon also. Yes. I mean, it's so, about 20 miles away from Melvin, <laughs> Iowa. Uh, so everyone loves it. So we keep we keep doing it. We got to give the fans what they want. So you give me a conference, and I'll uh, find a team. Let's go with the craziest conference in the land, the ACC. Okay, we'll pick a team from both the Atlantic and the Coastal. I would imagine 
says you could probably pick almost anybody from the Coastal right now. Yeah, you could. I'll, I'll pick two from the Atlantic, actually. I'll start with Florida State, who just fired Willie Taggart. They have... And they're 4-5 and five right now, right? Yes, they are. They are at Boston College. They are home to Alabama State and at Florida. Charlie Hildebrand, is Florida State bullbound or not? Nope, they're going to beat the FCS team and lose the other two. All right, so by, you know... You know, by you know the factor of elimination, then I was just going to ask about Boston College being five and four, but you have them being Florida State, so they would be bowl eligible. Their other two games, just for comparison's sake, at Notre Dame and then at Pittsburgh. So I I feel comfortable. I don't in- think they'll beat Notre Dame. I have no idea with Pittsburgh, but I think it's not going to matter because they're going to beat Florida State. Right. I think there's a chance they beat Pitt, but who who really knows? Uh, I'll, I'll take another two from the, the Coastal. How about UNC? Oh, to be fair, when yeah. it's Boston College and Pitt play, and nobody watches it, did it really happen in the first one? Very true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, let's go North Carolina, four and five. They're at Pitt. They're home to Mercer and at North Carolina State. Is a North Carolina bull bound or not? I think they lose the finale to NC State, but win the other two to get Mac Brown back to bowling season. Okay, very good. How about Miami, 5-4? and four. They are home to Louisville, at Florida International, and at Duke. Is Miami bowl-bound or not? They're at Florida. Why are they playing a road game against Florida International? I don't know. It's uh, Miami is sometimes so strange in that this is not new, that they like go on the road to play games that the powerhouse they're supposed to be over like the last 40 years. I mean, to be fair, it's not that much of a road game because FIU is in Miami. So No, it's not. It's true, but it is still very odd. But I think they'll beat FIU and lose the other two. And I did not plan in on going this where all these teams are going to be 6-6, six and six, but I think that's just kind of the destiny of the ACC Coastal this year. Think about what... Every team to go 6-6. Six and six. Right. Yeah, that's the the death of college football right there. Think about this, though. Miami lost to Georgia Tech back on October 19th in overtime. Uh, And, of course, they would lose that game to Georgia Tech because I had Miami in our picks for that week. Uh, Since then, they've gone on the road to beat Pittsburgh and Florida State. If you want to talk about a guy turning this season around, you know, Manny, you know, is it Manny Diaz, the, the head coach there? Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that, correct. It's it's fan, it's fantastic, phenomenal job what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks, getting them to win on the road. How about another conference? Um, let's go uh, near and dear to both our hearts and say the Big Ten. Okay, uh, Big Ten, Big Ten. Let's go with. And I will go ahead and tell you if you were going to do Nebraska, that Nebraska is not going to because they're going to lose all three of their final games. Okay. To go four and eight. How about Again, for the third straight year? How about Michigan State? Four and four. They're home to Illinois, at Michigan, at Rutgers, and home to Maryland. Is Michigan State bull bound or not? I think they are. Now it's it's interesting that Illinois does not look like the the slam dunk win it did not too long ago. I think it's quite possible that Michigan State loses to Illinois, but what for them? They're definitely going to be Rutgers. Rutgers is 
what years is the thing that dumpster fires look at and say, well, at least we're not as bad as that one. I thought that was the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> true. They're also bad. <laughs> but that's very true. Um, and, and Maryland's not good either. I mean, I know that I think Michael and Austin can still be talking about it. I think Michigan State will beat the two worst teams in the East to get to six wins. How about, they might beat Illinois. I don't know. I, well, speak- I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, for some reason, I got a weird feeling Illinois is going to do stuff. So I'm, I'm going to say they don't beat Illinois, but Michigan State still goes. Well, how about how about the Illini? They are at Michigan State. They are at Iowa, and then home to Northwestern. They're five and four right now. I think I know the answer to this. But Charlie, is Illinois bull bound or not? They are going bowling, and I can't believe this is the first time I'm saying this today. They are not just getting to six; they're getting to seven wins. Wow. Maybe eight with a bowl game for Lovey Smith. I mean, you know. You're going to have to go back to the NFL so we can go back to the Super Bowl after what he did with the O-line this year. Maybe he'll be the next Bengals coach. How about a non-Power 5 conference or two that we should be looking at? Uh, give me one of them. Um, I, uh, how about this? I'll give you two, and you can pick which one you want to do. Okay. Let's go with the American Athletic Conference or the Mountain West Conference. The American. Okay, yeah, let's go with There's the... Cheap- my wife, those are the two that I know the most about. I'll pick one from each of those conferences. Okay. Flor- even though I'm watching a Mac game right now, I don't know if I know anything about the Mac. The, uh, here, here's, here's all you need to know about the Mac. Everyone has four or five wins except for Akron, who is winless. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty much all. Oh, Bowling Green. Bowling Green sucks. Oh, okay. Well, Bowling Green's bad too. But otherwise, everyone else is a 500 team or one game below or one game above. It's ridiculous. Sounds about right. The whole, the whole conference is the ACC Coastal. Exactly. South Florida, this is an interesting team in the AAC. They're 4-4. Four and four. They host Temple. They host Cincinnati. They host Memphis. What the hell is up with this? Three conference games in a row that they host. And then they're at UCF. 4-4 four and four right now. Charlie, is USF bull bound or not? No, because they're going to lose all four of those games. Excellent. Uh, the the one game they could win would be Temple, but uh, I I agree with you. What the hell kind of scheduling is this? No, no. Oh boy, that uh, shoot. You know what? I'm you. You said the Mountain West. There are three teams that I'm going to look at here. Give you the triple double. Okay. That's even a thing. Utah State's 4-4. Four and four. They're at Fresno State. They host Wyoming. They host Boise State. And they're at New Mexico. Charlie, is Utah State bowl-bound or not? They are. I forget who the second team you said. They're going to beat the second team. Wyoming. Wyoming. Wyoming, yep. And then they're definitely and they're going to beat New Mexico. So that's how they're getting the six. Okay. Yeah, staying within the conference... Uh, Colorado State is on a bit of a, a rampage right now. Haha, <laughs> get it? Rams? Uh-huh. Pun intended. Like not, maybe not. I don't or know. A stampeding rampage. Very, yes. Or a rampaging stampede. They're on a three-game winning streak to even get within bowl-bound discussion. They're 4-5 and five right now. They host Air 
force. They are at Wyoming and they host Boise State. Is Colorado State bull bound or not? They're going to split the first two and need to win the last one, and then they won't get it done. So, unfortunately, no bull for the Rams. Fantastic. And then San Jose State is four and five. I don't know how, but they are at Hawaii, they're at UNLV, and they host Fresno State. Is San Jose State bull bound or not? They're not going to beat Fresno State in the season finale, but it's going to be okay because they're going to win the two games before that. Wow. To get to six wins. Awesome. Very good. I don't know if I feel good about predicting they're going to win at Hawaii, but for whatever reason, I just got to get the sense that they're going to. All right. Very good. And then uh, I'll just throw one team in from independent land. BYU. They host Liberty. They're four and four. They host Liberty. They no, never mind. BYU's in. I just looked at their schedule. I'm not even gonna. We're not even gonna. They're definitely gonna beat Liberty. Who who are the other ones after that? They have Idaho State, uh, UMass, and FCS Idaho State. Yes. Yep. They UMass might as well be an FCS team. They're so bad this year. And then they are. I think they're at San Diego State, or they host San Diego State. I mean, that's a loss. But the other three, I mean, so San Diego State might be. Yeah, but the other the other three, it's it's sad when uh, or sorry, the next game they play is uh, uh, it's uh, Liberty. Liberty, that's right. It's it's sad one of your next three games. Liberty's the toughest of the three. That's that's uh, that, that's a, a very easy stretch. There. Yep, agreed. Uh, last one, I'll give you a Big Twelve TCU. Four and four. They host Baylor. They are at Texas Tech. They are at Oklahoma, and then they host West Virginia. So is TCU bull bound or not? I think they are. I think they're going to be Texas Tech and West Virginia to get to six. Awesome. TCU's been very strange since they went to the Big Twelve. They are very much. They seem to be the Big Twelve version of Auburn. But whenever anyone thinks they're going to be good, they fall on their face. Whenever anyone's like, you know what, they're not very good this year. That's when they win 10, 11, or 12 games. And it's like, wow, look how good TCU is. They're going to be great <laughs> next year. And then they go 5-7. That sounds about right. Uh, Gary Patterson, you got your work cut out for you there, if you're even around at season's end. Charlie, I appreciate the time as always, my friend. Enjoy the weekend of college football, some great games, and I'll talk with you here in the next week or two. Sounds good. All right. All Nebraska with, with all losses and no wins makes Charlie a sad boy. That's my <laughs> joke because I was watching The Shining earlier. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, enjoy the snow and the cold weather as best you can. I will. That seems like kind of an insult, but I'll take it. That's fair. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Charlie. Yep, talk to you later. Sounds good. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join us here. Appreciate his time. As always, good perspective there on the college football playoff. And the big games coming up for this weekend. I want the Gophers and LSU to win. I can't do it, though. Prove me wrong, Tigers and Gophers. Prove me wrong. Uh, Big thanks to Travis as well for joining me. And we we had a very lengthy discussion between the college basketball season preview. Uh, Remember, college basketball has begun. And we'll be focused a lot on it throughout uh, the next few months, uh, you can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Just search the sports block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Charlie Hildebrand. Let's get his uh, Twitter handle pulled up here. I want to, I mean, he probably changed it from the Aberdeen News here, but 
We'll find out in just a moment. And he is just, yep, just at C.E. Hildebrand. So definitely check Charlie out there on Twitter. So uh, thank you for listening. I know it's been a, a long podcast. So it'll be shorter next week. We won't preview any other seasons coming up. But uh, as always, thank you for listening to this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast. Enjoy the big week of football, college, and the pros. Some great games there. We picked it, the NFL games earlier. Uh, so thank you as always for listening, and we hope you tune in again next week. Nathan Sacken saying, have a great week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.